www.thefacesofmars.com. That's www.thefacesofmars.com. If the world of 1916 was complex, or the world of 1945 was complex, the world of 2016 is intensely complex. And I can tell you that from personal experience, and I know there's many others who can tell you that as well. And you will graduate and be in that world, and you're going to be leading the soldiers and the sailors, the airmen and the Marines in that world. You'll be dealing with terrorists. You'll be dealing with hybrid armies. You'll be dealing with little green men. You're going to be dealing with tribes. You'll be dealing with national leaders and local leaders. You'll be dealing with politics and economics, and you'll be dealing with direct fire and indirect fire, and you're going to be dealing with it all, and it's all going to be dealt with simultaneously. And for that, you're going to have to be ready. And that's why readiness, in my mind, uh, is number one. We always have to be prepared for anything. And you will graduate and be in that world. And you're going to be leading the soldiers and the sailors, the airmen and the Marines in that world. You'll be dealing with terrorists. You'll be dealing with hybrid armies. You'll be dealing with little green men. What do you guys think he meant? Do you think that the general is paving the way for disclosure? Or does he know something that all of us don't know? Or do you think this is just a slip of the tongue and really means nothing? I, Mark Alexander Milley, having been appointed the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, having been appointed the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, we always have to be prepared for anything. Welcome back, everybody. This is Gary Legere, the Marsh Revealer, of course, known as the Mad Martian, and you're listening to Martian Revelation. That's upon you all again now. So, everyone, I would like you all to please. Go to www.thefacesofmars.com. That's www.thefacesofmars.com. That's right. Scroll on down the page for tonight's guests and their information. Let's check out all the other things to do on that page during and even after the show. Plenty of things to look at, to watch, to read. It's too much to explain it all now. I'm really looking forward to introduce our guest here, Mr. Klaus Dorna, international out of researcher and exhibitor who lives in Vienna and investigates sites around the globe. Klaus Dorna, art world, as art exhibition curator for the Habsburg Horse of Austria, Klaus has organized exhibitions worldwide. With this background, his approach to archaeology is unconventional. He has traveled the world in search of unique and unexplained findings. Intrepid and unrelenting, he is on a mission to bring to the eye of the public such finds as giant bones, crystal skulls, carvings, and sculptures in forms that do not fit into the contemporary view of our timeline, or what meaning to say our educational processes. Specialists in culture and art exhibitions, his attention was automatically drawn to a phenomenon called oparts, out of place artifacts. These artifacts do not exist according to current science. And Klaus Dorn 
researching these types of artifacts for over a decade and after a long preparation decided to set up an exhibition of 470 of these Uparts pieces which he called Unsolved Mysteries. And you'll see why regards to some of that soon. But he has artifacts from places such as Roswell, New Mexico. He's still intact chupacabra skeleton, as well as giants or Nephilim bones. He has been able to display such artifacts, a feat that no one had been able to achieve since museums usually bury these in their basements to avoid raising uncomfortable questions. A large portion of the pieces are scattered around the world and held in secret private collections. And Klaus Dona has been able to gather more than 2,500 pieces, all of which have had no logical explanation. Staunchly open-minded, he refuses to retreat in the face of skepticism and doubt. Low on funding, he presses on to discover the real mysteries going down through the centuries and excavating artifacts science does not allow for revealing for the existence of physical proof that humanity has barely grazed the surface of our heritage here on earth. Claus Dona has also been able to research more than 3,500 pieces, all of which have no logical explanation until now. His soup arts exhibition was a big success in Vienna, after which it traveled to Berlin, Seoul, and Switzerland. Being physical pieces, they are irrefutable evidence and difficult to read. All through his search for archaeological artifacts, the answer has always been, we are not alone. More so, we've never been. Mr. Dono, some of what is actually known about them and why they don't fit the current scientific paradigms and what implications their existence have on our history as humanity especially as you view the images of which we're going to go over this night in this specific area of artifacts that I was wanting to tie into this because I think it helps drive the nail home on the potential of who we are or are a part of. But after listening to him and seeing some of his photographic evidence again, you will be left with many questions like, who are we really? Where do we really come from? And where do we go next? Was there once a civilization and most of all can we learn from the past he attended many conferences worldwide as on radio interview especially on the martian revelation that would pave to the future of the fate we make of one show at a time of what will come tomorrow oh man so everyone i'd like you all again at the faces of com page I want you all to click on that image under uh, his bio there that says click on image below for Claus's artifact images page. And that will pop page that will show all the images that we're going to uh, be going over with tonight. Many examples from Earth's ancient past. Punching us all in the face down through time. Very implicating and quite compelling. Yet many will look at this and say, huh, could this be true? Well, you're going to hear it from Klaus Hunter himself. It's great to have you on, Klaus, and uh, I definitely appreciate you being on. It's a real honor. And uh, the possibilities, sir, abound in the fascinating life that you have and the things that you get to see and be a part of. I mean, there's got to be books alone in that, sir. How are you doing tonight? Hopefully you're with us. Hello, Gary. Great talking to you, and uh, you made... Too, you made me too big already in your speech. Just uh, keep it below 
the carpet. I'm not something special. I I was lucky to find all those uh, unexplainable artifacts all over the world. I was happy and I'm continuing. And I just came down from the mountain where we are just right now uh, excavating some uh -huh. artifacts and uh, just for your interview. And after the interview, I have to go back. It's uh, it's a very interesting but very difficult work here. Well, we definitely appreciate your time and uh, taking it with us, sir, especially as we lay the, the groundwork, no pun intended, uh, for the future of the Martian revelation where I believe all of our ancient past and especially regards to those images that you provided obviously shows us a connections not of this world and of many worlds and of where the issue of are we alone is obviously solved which the quagmire which we're all educated with today that's the confliction but uh before we go on uh you mentioned going in the mountain can uh where are you what what mountain uh, any details that you could give? I know there's a lot of secrecy and suspense about this uh, feat that you're doing now. I'm on the Philippines right now, already over uh, a few months, over four years. Uh, but I have to to make one explanation at first. Um, Sir. I was the one who never believed in extraterrestrials or UFOs. I was a very big skeptic, and I pointed out that uh, could be, could not be, as long as I would not have any confirmation that uh, there was a contact with extraterrestrials or UFOs, I wouldn't talk about it. And about five, uh, close to six years ago, uh, I, until that time, I was always saying I'm quite sure, and I'm still quite sure, there were some very high civilizations on Earth long time before the oldest civilizations, like 6,000 years ago, much older. That was always my point. And about five, six years ago, I received an email from Mexico, and it was titled Top Secret, and really? included were some photographs. And I thought, oh, be careful, because maybe somebody is uh, trying to put you a virus on your computer. White <laughs> top secret. Right. So after checking the photos with the, with the antivirus program, and I didn't find any virus, I opened the first photo, the second. It, it was a part of, I think, about 15 photos. And Gary, when I saw the photos, my first reaction was, this is a fake. This is 100% a fraud because the photos were too good to be real. Some of them I sent you, some of them I sent you uh, for your program. Yes, so, sir. Some of them are screening right now. And uh, that is incredible. And they look real, they look really good. And too good to be real, frankly speaking. That right. was my first reaction. But you know, I'm a very polite man, and if somebody sent me some photos, I have to answer. So I answered, and my question was, uh, why did you send me 
those photos because I never before was talking about UFOs or extraterrestrials or, or anything like that, never. So I got the answer back. Uh, it was a lady who sent me that uh, photos uh, and she wrote me her passed away uh, uh, husband uh, oh. found one landowner in the north of Mexico and mm -hmm. he got a collection of over 3,000 pieces of artifacts, some of them very small like this and some of them up to 50 centimeters, close to two feet. Uh, about 2,500 of the artifacts were made out of stone and about 500 artifacts were molded, a kind of uh, terracotta. Can you imagine if a faker, a guy who wants to, to sell some fraud, would do the work to make, first of all, for only one piece, never ever, if he would be that good, he would make several pieces, the same style, because you have to make uh, the first, the, the form, then you have to make the molding form, and then you have to mold it. That means a very hard artistic work to do just to get one artifact, which you might not be able to sell because it shows an extraterrestrial or it shows uh, an object with flying objects, with the sun, with the stars, with uh, sun uh, reactions. Uh, and I, that, that made me a little bit considering. And then <laughs> I said, I wrote the lady, okay, but why did you send them to me? She said, I checked several researchers and I found out that you looks or you might be a serious one. So I sent you those photos. You, so do, look wrote, you do look honest, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I asked her if she has more photos. She said, yeah, she has approximately 3,000 photos. And wow. until now, I got about 2,300 photos from her. And wow. uh, the funny thing, she was contacting me just this morning over WhatsApp uh, and I called her and she asked me if I might come because I promised her that I will come personally to look at those artifacts personally. But oh, until yeah. now, I had no time. So we, okay. we made an agreement that most probably next year in spring, I will be there. I take some cameraman with me and we make professional photos and professional video uh, of all those three over 3,000 artifacts. Some you, of them, they have you, even inlays of precious stone and gold. So I'm very happy that that farmer is a serious man and he was afraid to go public with his artifacts because he is afraid that the government might take his land. And you know that, that, that we are working with a special program Mm -hmm. where we can make scanning over areas even if we are not there. And uh, a few months ago, I did a, a scanning over the area of the landowner, and believe me or not, it is a very, very mysterious rock uh, formation, and I found two more tunnels, and I got this information already before from 
my my informant uh, the lady told me that the farmer has two more tunnels which he did not open and as what? we checked the area i could confirm that there are really two more tunnels with many more artifacts there and that's why i told her i would like to come with an archaeologist together with me most probably a mexican friend an archaeologist and a camera team to open at least one of those two tunnels that everybody can see that this is not a hoax. Open and them both. Now, a couple of questions, though, sir. Open them yeah. both, number one. But, uh, number one, you said North Mexico. Is it close to the states? And is there any visual, rep uh, is there any visual imagery showing this odd formation, you know, from above? that we can see, or is this like in the, in the process to be revealed? I could show it, but I do not want uh, to show it because somebody might uh, know this formation and it would not the, be good if somebody would try to go there. All right, and the second question, you, you said and that... It's not, too close, it's not too close to the United States, but also not too far. All right, <laughs> not too close, not too far. That sounds good enough yeah. for me. All right, so now you said you were going to bring a crew down next year there. So yes. why not open both? And at that point, sir, with that crew, and when you're doing what you're doing, could you then show an above view of this feature you're talking about? And also, hey, while you're there, let's do a live show from there on the Martian Revelation. <laughs> If we would have a good, I don't know how is the Wi-Fi connection, internet connection there. If so, there wouldn't be any problem. Of course not. Because would be I would really like to prove that I'm not stupid showing such uh, photos and thinking right. that I cheat the people. Uh, Nassim Haramein, the famous uh, uh, biophysicist, he got two of those pieces to age dating in a university in United States and the age dating got an age because uh, he got two stone masks and on the stone masks there was an inlay of different uh, semi-precious stones and those semi-precious stones were glued with an organic material so the the scientists they could do age dating on the organic material and right. age dating was uh, over 8,000 and over 12,000 years. Nassim wow. is trying to get additional artifacts now with uh, natural material because he said one test is okay but we need at least three to four tests that we can really make people believe that those artifacts are first of all so old and second right. of, all, of all, they are original and not fakes. Right. The bad That's thing, the, right. the bad, the bad thing uh, it was about four, five years ago, I was invited to a conference in Germany and Nassim Haramein was there. And I showed Nassim the Haramein's and I explained all the feedback of these those artifacts and he could make some explanations on on some of the, the the pictures shown on the artifacts and we agreed to show first time 
the best photos at this conference and Nassim would give live the explanations what people could see on those artifacts. Uh, so I asked all the audience, please do not make any photo and please don't film it because I didn't want to go out without uh, tests before. But one guy, he made a, a video and he was putting that video on the internet. You cannot imagine what kind of shitstorm we got, even from the UFO and extraterrestrial fans. They called us liar. We would like to cheat the people. And that well, was the big story. But the good thing was also people in Mexico watched that video on Internet and they informed me we have also in our family ownership many of such artifacts already for a long, long time. And now Russian uh, scientists, they took already some of the pieces back to Russia. They did also age dating and it's approximately, they came approximately to the same age as Nassim got in the university in Phoenix. Wow, now that's interesting, you know, and it's, you know, you can't find it that much of a shock of their reaction there, even though I'm sure they have other reasons for it, but because you yourself said your first reaction, these are just too good. But then, like, right, so, uh, but if, if people would just look at them more, look at them better, they're not, whatever, whoever's doing, whoever did all these, they have consistencies and connections amongst them. And I've been studying them, at least what's been available online that I was able to find. And there's certain ones that really intrigue me. They share similarities, share similar symbols, uh, as well as similar planets and whatever cosmic scene that's being shown. I want to know what the hell that planet is with all the dots going all around it like asteroids. That's not... That's not a happenstance or a coincidence or age like on one particular feature. But I see that same body with those same dots and others like there. Is it our solar system that's being depicted or is it some other solar system based on maybe like, uh, you know, what's that guy show? Damien T. Berry's, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, series there about the sun with the triangle and then you could go inside it and go out, it's actually a doorway. I mean, is it something like that? Or I, I'm seeing connections, sir. Um, and in this Gary, short, I, I not, Gary, I did not send you the one artifact picture, but I will send it uh, maybe this evening or tomorrow. Okay. I sent you one artifact photo where you can see the triangle in the sun exactly which was shown in original by a NASA photo. The yes. sun and inside you have a long uh, triangle inside. I received with the first photos, there was one photo where you could see exactly the sun with that triangle and that was shortly before that photo I, I was seen on internet. That is incredible. And that's like, okay, if this thing was so old, that's evidence of its potential age too, of 
showing something that in modern times we're getting to see now in the sun that whoop de doos everybody. And but but the thing is, we're having other objects with intelligent beings being attributed to them, and other craft and potential asteroids and other celestial events. And uh, many of these carvings, they appear to be reverencing or giving up. It's either they're dead or they're children under the stars. Do, do, are you from? Does that surprise you? Uh, it surprised me, but um, I have also photos with wormholes, uh, many, many things. I can send you many more good photos. I will pick up the best ones and I will send it for your program. You can show it on air. And uh, one thing I have to say now, of course, in Germany, in Austria, many people will call me. He wants to, he wants to follow Eric von Däniken. Eric von Däniken did a great job, but I was not the one who wanted to start about UFOs and extraterrestrials. I just oh, got I those photos, and what is true is truth, and you have to tell the truth to the people. So I'm talking now also about extraterrestrials, possibility, and there are many other things which made me thinking about that. For example, 2003. I was invited uh, to a special tour in Teotihuacan in Mexico, where the three big pyramids are. Yes, sir. And I got friends with the former director of archaeological site of Teotihuacan, Mr. Nestor Paredes, a very great person. And he brought me inside the storeroom, not only in the museum, but even in the storage room, and he showed me a stela about one and a half meter high and an encarving showed exactly the symbol of atom. And he called this stela, he called it stela atomica, but they didn't show it in, in, the, in the museum. And then he told me that he was digging a tunnel from outside underground to the direction of this pyramid of the sun in Teotihuacan. And he told, ah, sorry, from the, the pyramid of the sun, a tunnel going to the pyramid of the moon. And he was excavating there. And then they found a box, a stone box, very well done. And he opened the stone box and he saw it was plain filled with uh, mercury, liquid mercury. Wow. He told me that. And then he, he made the, the information to the national uh, ministry, the INA, and they closed the tunnel. And even he was not allowed to do further work inside. And that's what he told me. And when I was talking about that, in my conference, people were laughing. Uh, what what did they found? Liquid mercury under the in, in a tunnel in the area of uh, Teotihuacan. Uh, he's a liar. He makes some story. You remember last year, uh, the National Mexican archaeologists uh, who are doing a tunneling from outside of the Quetzalcoatl pyramid 
which is going, the tunnel is going directly under the pyramid of uh, Quetzalcoatl. And they announced officially that they found in this tunnel last year or, or two years ago, they announced it officially that they found liquid mercury. And you know that in the Mahabharata or in the Vedas, yeah. where it's written about the flying objects, about the, uh, the uh, Vimanas. Vimanas, sorry, yeah. About the Vimanas, they were also explaining that they were using liquid mercury. So is that another connection to visitors yeah. from outside? Exactly, and there's another connection also uh, to our friend, our mutual friend, Jeffrey Boyd Jr., in the Independent Research Society. He says hello, Klaus and Mars. Uh, Mars. But now, he, I told him when I had him on the show once, I mentioned him, I seen the video at, the, at the, around the time I happened to have him on where this guy was using mercury. They put like a 200-pound anvil in the thing, and then it floated. And we were talking about, I mentioned Stephen Myers about how he thinks the water uh, water pump generation system helped build the pyramids. Well, what if it could have been mercury also and or that's how they could float a lot of these blocks. If it could make a 200-pound anvil float like it's just a, a sponge or whatever, just floating, and he was pushing it down. The guy wasn't getting hurt by this mercury putting it in... Uh, putting his hand in it he had a glove albeit but still it floated but then when they took it out you could see the strain it, it wouldn't have the effect no more that it had when it was in the mercury does does that sound familiar or have you heard theories about maybe many of these blocks being somehow at least transported via mercury yeah could be hmm I don't know, I just think it's fascinating because, again, you mentioned the Vamanas in India. Now we're talking about Mexico, Central America, and whatnot, and South, right? Having mercury leading underneath these pyramids. <laughs> Therefore, where the, where's the mercury going? Where's it coming from? Where's it going to? Yeah. Shut the door. Yeah. Well, you you got the balls, man. You're in there. Well, okay, I'll find a hatch. I'll find a way in. And like that mountain, you say you're 200 and some feet. Uh, hey, we give you a lot of credit, man. Because how old are you, sir? 70. I was this January. I was 70. 70. Wow. Yeah. And as we're talking, uh, many of these uh, uh, from the show from the show page of the images that you provided, sir, I don't know if you clicked on it. Uh, there's one through 32. He's just showing them all. Uh, it just happens to be in a mask. You can see the dip uh, in the size comparison, the intricacy of these. Well, how big are they? Well, you have a pen sitting next to it. So the people can see the scale and the details and the looks of these obviously does not look human in these masks. I don't how can think I, I don't think how our can I find, see Gary, how can I find that that uh, button to see the pictures? Okay, hold on, sir. I'll send it right to the Skype message we're in and our connection. Hopefully you see it. All uh, right there. Did you see that link I just posted or do you want me to send it to your personal? No. I opened it already. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
And we're getting questions lined up. There's a lot of questions coming in, sir. But it's so fascinating to hear you talk um, and get into these. And, and you can look at the images and maybe want to talk about them. And periodically, we'll start asking questions if you're all right with that. I'm okay. All right. And again, it's a great first time for you being on the show. And, you know, it's a good icebreaker for future shows. So I want to... Uh, you know, to satisfy the listeners as well, to make it as interactive as possible. As many people don't like picking up the phone no more. But anyway, uh, Yuri from America, or wait, Yuri from Armenia. Sorry, yeah. if Klaus could tell how you got into archaeology. And that was one of my basic questions, but we didn't go to that route. But go ahead, that's a good question. How'd you get that's into archaeology? That's a very good question. Uh... As you know, I did uh, many years international art exhibitions and uh, mainly from Austria to Japan and also some of them to Korea to introduce our culture. And of course, on, on the flights and nights in the hotels uh, where you could not sleep through jet lag, I was reading books, of course, also from Eric von Däniken, but also French uh, researchers, uh, Henri uh, Charroux uh, and others, an Italian, Peter Colosimo, they wrote in the 1960s, 1960s, 1970s, books about unexplainable artifacts and unexplainable situations. And I, as I told you before, I was always a skeptical. And right. I was interested in those subjects, but mainly I was thinking, oh, that sounds too good. I don't believe that. That couldn't be reality. And so one day I had the idea uh, to make an exhibition and show those artifacts and give the science the possibility to make tests on those artifacts and then they can find out if those are real or fakes or fraud. So right. I, was, uh, I was working with an Austrian author about those things, Reinhard Harbeck, and uh, we were uh, looking for artifacts which are only located in museums. So we found about over 300 artifacts and a very good friend of mine, a museum director in Austria, he wrote some landing requests to all of those museums all over the world. And out of 350 artifacts, how many do you think we could get an agreement to get it uh, for the exhibition? How many do you think? Gary, out of 350, if a museum director writes a request to a museum director, usually you get a percentage of 80 to 90 percent of the artifacts you get if they are in a good condition for traveling. In okay. our case, we got one agreement and all the other artifacts, we got some excuses that they are needed by themselves or they are need not in a good condition. So finally, we were about, we planned already about two years and it was only one more year until the scheduled opening of the exhibition and we had one 
artifact. So every of my friends told me give up, that's impossible, pay the penalty to the, to the location, but you will not be able to do such an exhibition. And I said, as long as you don't try it, you cannot say it's impossible. And that's then right. we started, uh, we started uh, researching on internet. We made some trips to South America, Central America, in Europe. And finally, in between one year, I was planning to show about 250 artifacts, but in between that year, we got the agreement <clears throat> of 470 artifacts. And once you, you beg for artifacts and then you get the agreement, you cannot easily say, no, thank you now, I don't need yours. And finally, we, we showed at nearly the double of which we were planning. And we only found a few, very few scientists who are really willing to do some tests on those artifacts. Some scientists but, who have balls, yeah, <laughs> like you, sir. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's kind of upsetting how they, they stole us. It's like you're living like what we've seen in Planet of the Apes uh, toward the end regarding the dig site and the big revelation upon themselves and Taylor, <laughs> that dramatic end of the Statue of Liberty. Uh, hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. <laughs> but coming again to the skeptic, uh -huh. I got so many mysterious uh, experiences. And when some of the scientists did the research and they told me after the research, for example, the genetic disk from uh, Colombia. The, the top number one expert, he checked it, but the result he told me, I cannot tell you how they did it, who did it, when they did it, but the only thing I can tell it, it would be quite nearly impossible to do the same artifact from the same material in our days. So. And that they did it. They and slowly did. and slowly it wake up more and more my interest. And yes. since uh, the exhibition started 2001, and si since that time, I concentrated on researching on those kind of artifacts and on unknown civilizations all over the world. When I found first the bones of a 7.6 meter skeleton in wow. Ecuador. I brought some of the pieces to Austria. I got top professors to check the pieces. What they told me is it looks like human perfectly, but cannot be because it would be five times bigger than normal human. And then in the research, I found descriptions of Chiesa de Leon. He was half Inca and half Spanish, and he was a historian for the conquistadors in South America. And I found parts where he was writing, today we found at the coast of Esmeraldas human skeletons. They were five times taller than we. And the priest said that can only be from the devil and they had to burn those bones. So meaning, there are stories of giants all over the world. And uh, a few months ago, I got from Russia 
information that they found in the south of Russia, in the Caucasus, the oil field area, the big mountains, they found sarcophagus uh, underground with uh, human skeletons between 3.5 and 4 meters, and they invited me to come to see them, but you cannot do everything at the same time. Now I would like to finish my work here in the Philippines. Next spring I would like to do my job in Mexico, and after that, hopefully in the summertime, I would like to go to, to the Caucasus to see on the spot those gelatin, skeletons. So they're, they're, they're in safekeeping then, they're not being Smithsonian. <laughs> no, they are safekeeping because the guy who informed me about that, he said that he informed the Russian archaeologists, but they were not interested in, and that was very, very uh, strange, I think. Hmm. Yes, yeah, very strange indeed. Uh, we're getting more questions. We got a lot of questions coming in. I can imagine when Jock gets on. But uh, Kim from Twitter asked, uh, could, could Klaus please tell us of any of the things that does not make sense in your research and could possibly be from another world or Mars or time? Time. <laughs> hmm. Time? I don't know, but uh, from other stars? Could be, but even there, we still have two possibilities, Gary. Oh. You yes. are talking about people of on the Mars, but I have another question. It could be from anywhere. It's not showing or di directing us, telling us it's Mars, unless we just don't know how to read it, right? Exactly, but there's another question I have. Could it be that there was a civilization on Earth already long, long, long time ago. Yeah. Had also, uh, the knowledge to, for example, to travel to other stars. So, and to Mars, and to up Mars, and like you Mars. Did. That, That's possible. That is yeah. possible. It's on, you know, we have to look at it. The main people like the, uh, I'm glad you brought that up. Because many people now were indoctrinated with ancient aliens. Well, what about ancient humans or ancient whatever? You know, uh, that may, right, like the depictions of these beings, uh, obviously they're not human. They're human-esque. Uh, you know, again, there's many more questions, but we have to be willing to consider things to look at. Like you said, scientists usually require three sources. You have multiple, multiple objects and artifacts and places. I mean, how many sources does one need to, to understand? All right, we need to look at this differently. <laughs> A very good sample. <clears throat> one scientist, he is researching underground tunnel systems in Austria, but not only in Austria, he was working also in South, uh, Southeast uh, Asia and also in several countries in Europe. But especially in Austria, he found underground tunnels, which are only about uh, 1.5, that's about 5 feet to 6 feet high, and mm. only about uh, 3 feet wide. And they are perfect made. For many meters, they have only a difference of a few millimeters. So he was very cu curious how 
could people make by with a hammer and chisel, for example, such uh -huh. perfect tunnels? Then he brought uh, an industrial magnet to the tunnel and he was checking the walls and he got some very small metal pieces and they did laboratory tests. It is a kind of metal with different uh, products, which is very hard to be found on Earth. So he proved already in several conferences that he can definitely prove that these tunnels are older than 10,000 years and made with the kind of technology which we don't have in our days because he was even discussing with tunnel building experts in Austria and they were visiting this kind of tunnels and they said to him, we would not be able to, this, to do such a tunnel so precise because we would not have the material to do it. Can you imagine? And he talks now openly about a minimum age of 10,000 years. Now, when people say that, that, you know, that still limits it because that means it could be 100,000. Exactly. But he has to be very careful in mentioning any age because right. even the 10,000 years already made a big, big rumor. How right. can a scientist talk about a perfect with a high-tech made tunnel older than 10,000 years? That wouldn't be possible. Why? Because the oldest high civilizations are only around 6,000 years. So we would have already a missing link to a even higher civilizations of more than four or five thousand years. That's well, impossible. But, well, what I'm seeing in those artifacts you're showing me and uh, and everyone else here is it's just obvious, obvious that time is not an issue where they're coming from space and traveling the stars, offering up their children. That is, and with pyramid, pyramid ships that look like the pyramids in Mexico and other places, yeah. that's fascinating. I wonder if that's where also Stargate got that idea. And didn't Stargate come out before these artifacts? <laughs> yeah. Gary, can you go to picture number three? Okay. Everyone on the picture show page, you guys know, hopefully have it now. One, two, three. I have them numbered. Yeah. All right. This one's fascinating. If it's the bent over dude holding something. In, I think it was 1887. I'm not sure right now, but uh, I think it was 1887. Uh, Le Planchion, the French researcher, excavated one uh, statue looking like this. They call this god. Chuck Moore. He found it about six meters, that's about 18 feet underground on an excavation. Until now, they found many, many such uh, Chuck Moore gods. And the, the, the experts, they are thinking that this god, because his position, how his position is, 
uh, they were putting the the heart from from the people who were sacrificed. They take the heart and they put it uh, on top of the stomach of the so-called Chakmol. And I sent you another photo, uh, the number 12. You can see another so-called Chakmol. Okay. But, but look at the one on the number 12. Uh, if you it looks like an uh, astronaut, like holding exactly. something, falling asleep or something. <laughs> exactly. And there was another photo of a Chuck Moore. I think I sent it to you too. If not, I will send it to you. There you go. Oh, yeah. The number 28. You have it on number 28. Ah. Look what this so-called Chuck Moore God has on his stomach. It looks like it could be a little TV, or this guy likes holding uh, enemies' heads or alien heads, which looks like an alien. Not, but it looks like a screen. Not the hand. Yeah, not not the head. It looks like uh, like an, a thicker iPad or or a computer whatsoever. Right. Not, right. Oh, yeah, a little TV. But not the heart of a human. Right. And even on his head, he has something like head headgears, headphones. Yeah, you're right. Like a Bluetooth, a square uh, thing with P. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I see what you're saying with the lines on it. Yep. That's and, interesting. And picture number 29, that's an original Chuck Moore uh, statue. Still looks like he's holding some type of screen. Yeah, and the position, how he is, it yes. looks like, like an astronaut. Yes, he does. Right, leaning back in the astronaut seat. Yeah. That so is incredible. What do you say with these things? And they were found, all those artifacts I sent you the pictures of, were found in one tunnel north of Mexico. Over three thousand pieces. Wow. So who knows what those other two tunnels, if that's the ones you're talking about, sir, what they have inside. That's what I'm interested in, and how, I would like to see it. How deep, now, was the, uh, like, was the tunnels filled like they were under the Bosnian Pyramid Valley? Or were they, like, plugged up, and you just get through, and then it was all nice? Uh, the, the tunnel was closed with some rocks. And when okay. the farmer took away the rocks, he could go inside the tunnel. All right, so it wasn't filled purposely, completely like the ones under the pyramid of Bosnia then? Yeah, those pyramids are also very, very mysterious. And you know that uh, Dr. Samos Mankic, he did age dating on organic material found inside the closed tunnel system of the Ravne tunnels. And the old age dating through several laboratories goes over 30,000 years. So how can you explain that? Hmm. You really you really can't, except for to explain the obvious. It was in there before it was sealed up. <laughs> yeah. No, because that's organic material. That's the way, because you can't date the rocks. Again... A minimum of 10,000 years, that doesn't mean it ain't 100,000, 400,000, 
thousand. Shit, a million. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm extreme, but maybe not, considering what we see on Mars and what's represented in these artifacts. Gary, I can tell you that there is a system which can age dating the surface of rock, which is very complicated, very expensive. And the professor in Austria who found those these tunnels underground he is cooperating with one university in United States who can do the age dating of the surface of the rocks. And uh, that's possible now. But it's because. Uh, it which it's means you need money. You need wampum, dead presidents, to entice them to do the test. Yeah, it takes time. No, you have to take out part of uh, the material and send it to United States. And it takes quite long time, and it is quite expensive. But I think uh, the professor is cooperating with the university in the United States. Well, that would be great because that would be beneficial to progress of knowledge and you know planning out what to do to how you know to learn the next fascinating step to dig these up. Yeah. But many people, as we know, don't want them dug up. Yeah. Why and do you think that is? Really, why do you think that is? Why do you I think, think they this buried? Why do you think they want to keep all this buried? Because, look, until now, we learn at schools, universities, that the oldest high civilizations are approximately 6,000 years. Right. What comes up if now officially will be agreed, like uh, the underground tunnel of uh, of uh, Ravne in uh, Bosnia or uh, the pyramid finding in Indonesia where age dating goes to 24,000 years. What would happen? How the science could explain the missing link from 6,000 years even to 24 or even to 30,000 years and in my opinion it goes far behind that time, far behind. Yes. And that's what I was always talking from the beginning when I made so many people like shamans worldwide and I found many strange artifacts. I started thinking that there might have been global catastrophes several times in the past on Earth. So just look at the, at the uh, Ark, Ark Noah, that uh, all the animals and everything died, all the human except Noah and his family and from each animal a couple, they survived. So that's a story, that's a legend, but what I also found out that a highly percentage of the legends are reality. Huh. That is very interesting. It's fascinating, too, because, again, time. What was on this earth long ago? What do these things on these artifacts represent? Space and time. Cosmic battles, it seems. Some type of catastrophes where they're offering up their dead or which looks like children, which could also be children maybe not dead, that's being offered up and taken by these crafts, while the beings, some of them have tears in their eye, it looks like, offering them up 
and caskets or are those what are those uh chambers hyperbolic chambers or whatever uh keep them sleeping for travel maybe to here to come out of the sun through the triangle I don't know, but Harper on uh, WeBio in China asked if Klaus would ever come to China to do an expedition or have you already? No, I was not in China yet. No, right. Uh, that would be interesting too, because there are many things also which are not uh, really explainable by the science. Definitely. Also here in the Philippines, we have something like this all over Southeast Asia and especially in Siberia and in Russia. There are many, many strange places. A friend of mine, uh, Valery Uvarov, uh, he is expert uh, researcher in Russia. He gave me a lot of information. He sent me even uh, some uh, amber. amber and inside the amber, you, you know what I mean with amber? Yeah, amber. The, amber, yeah. Like the, the, the sap from trees that petrifies and captures exactly. animals or insects. Exactly. And they found amber with a chemical textile inside the amber. I have the analysis from Russia, everything. It is uh, a proof that this very strange uh, textile was inside or is still inside the amber. That must be very old. And such stories I get a lot from Russia now. That's why I'm really planning to go maybe next or after next year to Russia, because there is also an, a, a kind of technology, a kind of mirror. When you go inside the mirror, you can get a direct contact to the Akasha Chronicle. That means where the past, the future, all is the same. You get information from the past, but you can also get information from the future. I'm in contact with the, the scientists there, and they invited me to bring some of the artifacts or even photos with me inside these uh, mirrors. Then I might, I might get information exactly how old they are, from where they are, etc. There are so many things which we cannot explain, but interesting, and there's still a lot to do. I have to hurry up with my work here to continue my work in other countries. Well, you just answered uh, Paulo on Facebook's question, I believe, as he asked if you would be willing to do research in Siberia. <laughs> well, uh, you just heard him. Uh, as I'm trying to get through questions, so we got like another 15 minutes and we're going to bring uh, Jock on. But Iris on OK.RU, I guess that's Russia, asked if Klaus has done any studies on giants, which he has. And what is your theory concerning giants and where have you found the largest skeleton? I think you touched base a little on that earlier. I'm not sure, sir, but I want to be uh, fair. The largest the largest, not skeleton, it was just pieces of bone because that giant was buried on in the mountains and uh, there was a heavy storm and one day half of that mountain plateau was broken, breaking down and next morning when the landowner was visiting the site, he saw a lot of big 
broken bones. And he called the priest because he was very scared about uh, this finding. And mm -hmm. the priest was uh, Father Carlos Vaca in Ecuador. He was working many years in the hospital. And when he saw the bones, he say, uh, he found out that that might be a human giant. And then he called some doctors to check the bones. He, he transported uh, most of the bones back home and they visited him. And uh, he, he made one paper with 12 signatures of people who checked the bones, who all confirmed that this, these are bones of uh, a human giant. And I asked the family of the priest if I could take some of the bones, which I thought might be easy to, to find out if it's really from a human. And I brought them back home to Austria and I, I had checkings on them. And one bone was exactly like uh, a part of the heel bone. And even the professors who checked the giant bone came one day later again with the original human heel bone and they compared it, compared it and they said it looks exactly like human. One bone I brought, they identified as a nose bone and the third one they identified is a os occipitale, which is one round bone under the skull which makes uh, you able to, to, to turn uh, to round to make round uh, uh, movements with your skull. So three bones they could identify it and they said it looks exactly like the human but it, it would be five times bigger. That means if, if you say a normal human would be, let's say, 1.6 meter at that time, because humans are also growing in our days, just look to Japan. When I was first time in Japan, 1971, uh -huh. when I was traveling in a subway, I was very happy because I'm only 160 centimeter tall. That's a uh -huh. little bit or around five feet, I could look into all people into their eyes. When uh -huh. I'm using now, in our days, that's about 40, 45 years later, the young people, they are much taller than the older people. So there's a movement that maybe because they changed their style of eating or whatever, but the younger generation in Japan is much taller than the older people from before 50, 60, 70 years, for example. So why why that couldn't have, have happened on Earth? Or maybe the gravity was different on Earth. Why the dinosaurs got True. so big? Why couldn't it be that at that time, maybe, that's just a maybe, I don't say it, but it's just maybe. Maybe the people, at the, they lived people together with dinosaurs, and you have collections like in Peru, in Ica, the stone library of uh, Dr. Cabrera, thousands of stones showing dinosaurs and carving with uh, human. And you have in Mexico, in Acambaro, uh, about one hour by bus west from uh, Mexico City, you have a museum 
they have over 30,000 uh, terracotta figurines, and many of them are showing dinosaurs and also different kinds of human. And they are approved several times, age dated at minimum age 2,800, over 4,600 years. So uh -huh. the question is how those people could have known how dinosaurs are looking. Right. Or maybe at that time still dinosaurs have existed. That's a big question. There is no answer. There's definitely debates about that. Uh, this one's like a couple of good next questions. Then I guess we'll go to a break so we could uh, come back and introduce our next guest to join us, the Jock Doubleday. But, uh, Jennifer on Facebook asked, if you have considered training people to be an archaeologist, like that's on space missions, though. And what do you personally think about Mars in that sense? And I will also add, that's part of a good question for Mal. It sounds like I hope you have an apprentice going around with you everywhere, sir, to carry on your work, too. You know, it's very, it is very important what you are doing. And believe it or not, you are helping usher in the Martian revelation. But uh, go ahead, sir. Uh, the question, archaeology, that's the last story I have to tell you. When <laughs> I had the exhibition in Interlaken in Switzerland, 2006, uh, it was November, and I got the information. I was in Vienna, but every two weeks I went to Interlaken to check all the pieces okay, everything okay. And a friend of mine called me. When are you coming next time? I said, most probably this coming weekend. Why? He said, because we have a very famous uh, Russian shaman lady here. And she visited uh, that friend. And he has thousands of books. And when she came into his uh, living room, she asked him if she can pick up one book. And he said, yes, of course you can pick up any book. And she went to the books and she took the catalog of our exhibition. Uh -huh. And she, she told him, I would like to meet this person. And he said, okay, I call him when he's coming. And she was just until the end of the weekend there. So I went to Interlaken on Friday and we met there with Nina the next morning, morning Saturday morning. And we visited the exhibition and after visiting, she asked me if I can open the exhibition for her only with me and some very good friends, psychic friends. And she would like to give me some explanations to many of the artifacts. And I presented seven original old proved, proved original old crystal or precious uh, uh, precious stone skies from Joki van Dieten from Holland. Uh, we had them tested in Vienna by the number one expert on crystal and precious stone work, and they were all original. So in the evening after nine o'clock, we went inside the exhibition. When she stopped in front of the few giant bones, she also explained to me that this is a human uh, giant, uh, she explained me, and then we came to the crystal skies, and in front of one shade, 
Skype from uh, the, the from China from it's now the Gobi Desert. Uh, she stopped there and she meditated and then she was talking in a language which I never ever heard in my life. And after coming back from from the meditation, she talked with the Russian interpreter and the Russian interpreter told me that Nina got two informations for me. Ah, two informations. The first one is for me. And she said, in the near future, you will dig out, you will excavate many, many very important things from the earth. And yeah. at that time, Gary, I had no idea that once I will excavate or make archaeological work, I had no idea. And I thought this information must be wrong. And the uh -huh. second information was, in a few days, a big wave will kill hundreds of thousands of people. And you remember on 26th of December, the tsunami in Southeast Asia killed more than 250,000 people. Banda Achi, yes. And, yes. And, and Nina told me that, I think it was the 11th or 12th of November 2006, two informations. The first one for me, and I had no idea of excavating things. And now what I'm doing already since several years, I'm excavating things. <laughs> that is incredible. That is incredible. I got one more question. Well, there's more, but I, I, I kind of want to ask uh, this person's. Karen on Facebook asks, why is it? I want to ask many more, but I can't. Karen on Facebook asks, why is it that most ancient sculptures have the look that, I guess that you're showing for us, sir, uh, have the look of aliens when they took so much time to shape and carve it? It is amazing how many UFOs, and I'll add, as the shape of pyramids, are in these pictures. I cannot explain why, but I can only think, and that's what everybody should just think. If you look at those pieces, you have to make your own thinking. You, you, you have to think by your own, what do you think? You can right. interpret everything. You can, for example, I could say we were able already to fly to other stars, and when we came back, we made some figurines how they looked like, or the other way, maybe somebody looking like those uh, creatures, they came from other stars to Earth, and people living here, they saw them, and they made those figurines. And bunch but, of uh, big pyramids, <laughs> which yeah. we're going to be into the next segment. All right, uh, one more question, because I think this is fair. Then we'll go to a break, if you're all right, and then uh, yeah. we'll be back in several minutes and uh, yes. we'll come back and introduce Jock. But uh, Ernest asked if Klaus believes that religion and or belief systems have little to do with ancient cultures older than 10,000 years. I think that's a fair question. <laughs> uh, that's a fair question. But I, I think, I personally, I think there is the existence of Call it God. Higher, higher, whatsoever. But right. there must be something, something. And for me, I believe there is one God. Never mind what name he has. The one right. call him 
Christ, the one called him Manitou, the, the one called him different. There must be a God because the creation, I, I am, how to say, I, I'm a believer, I believe in God, and God it's gives me always the power to do all what I do. And I, uh, believe, I believe that. He's the ultimate revealer, and uh, we are the tools in which we are walking, not in our own footsteps. I agree with and, you, sir, 100%. And, 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 and I don't want to, to go into details with uh, religion, right. because through my, my research, just think about the conquistadors. What did they do in Mexico, Central America, South America, in the name of God? They, right. they did the wrong things. They killed millions of people. Look what, what ISIS is doing. They believe in Allah. But frankly speaking, those guys don't really believe in God. They think that's an idea. They create an idea. They create a system. And then everybody just follows the wrong way. Everybody right. should believe. And believing means peaceful, friendly right. to each other, and not killing and, and fighting. Right, the alkalites and prophets of evil. But uh, exactly. All right, I guess on that note, everybody, I guess, you know, there's more questions. I would love to, but I got to also bring Jock on. It's late, and I appreciate these two gentlemen appearing here for us all. And uh, hopefully... I didn't uh, steer uh, Klaus off of where he may may have been wanting to go. But again, this is another show where we have a new guest, though he's well known, but it's to introduce to the show, get the feel of me especially. Ha, I'm so crazy. And of what time unfolds as we shape the Martian revelation, how his work and everyone else's, especially Jock Doubledays, and he knows how I feel on this, on where it comes to terror formation and the reality of the Martian revelation. Listeners to this show can appreciate we got that motto, packing them, smoke them, because you're still definitely going to need them when we come back on the Martian revelation. I'll be back. We are your friends. come to town. That's right, this country is going to go to town, right to the face of Mars, according to Vice President Mike Pence. Listeners to the show can appreciate. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Martian Revelation. That's upon you all again now. And of course, on Mars revealing a mad Martian, yada, yada. And uh, now that you packed them and smoked them, we're going to get into the second half <laughs> of this interesting night. With Jock Doubleday, let's introduce him real quick. Jock Doubleday is an American writer, researcher, and stoneworker, as well as geographer. And for 16 months in 2014 and 2015, and for and for an additional four months in 2017, he worked official videographer for the Archaeological Park, Bosnian Pyramid, and the Sun Foundation. I mean, Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun Foundation. I still don't think those were good names for the damn place. But anyway, we know <laughs> names down through time must have been something far different. Imagine what if we could dig that up. Maybe they'll want to keep calling it Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun. Huh? But a nonprofit Bosnian NGO foundation created by Dr. Sam Monagic on November 9th of 2005 in Sarajevo, 
Bosnia-Herzegovina. God, I remember way back then, and look how far we've come. But uh, Jock's articles on the Bosnian pyramids and other ancient megalithic monuments and civilizations can be found at the links on the facesofmars.com and American in Bosnia and American in Bosnia blog. And I could read the rest, but that'll just take too much time. Again, I don't want to take time away from these gentlemen. It's all there on the show page. We'll be on the archive page. And the last time uh, we did a show was for uh, November 11, 2018. That's also on the facesofmars.com show page under the picture of it. Of, as information and stuff, and under a picture of the Bosnian pyramid called uh, November 11th video, uh, 2018 video show with Jock Doubleday. It was a special, The Martian Revelation. And I believe we have Jock with us. How you doing, sir? It's great to have you back down through time. Hey, Gary. It's great to be here. Great to see you, Klaus. Hello. Great to see you again, Jock. How are you? Fantastic. Um, Gary, I met Klaus in uh, Bosnia. It was my job to uh, organize a scientific conference, so I was supposed to get all the scientists to their hotels, and I got Klaus to his hotel, and, and he said, and he came out, and he said, there's no room for me, there's no room for me, and he's dragging his suitcase down the stairs, he's really unhappy, I said, wait a minute, Klaus, let's go back in, I reserved a room for you, I swear, and we, we sorted it, we sorted it out, and uh, it was fine. He did have a room at this beautiful hotel in, in Bosnia. And uh, we had the scientific conference, and Klaus raised the roof with his scientific uh, LIDAR, uh, not LIDAR, ground penetrating radar scan of the of the pyramid complex. It was fantastic. Oh, the um, one discussing the show that showed the tunnels? Yeah. Okay. That's on that video, too, people. Check it out after the show sometime. It's almost four hours. So that was it. I mean, that was that was uh, meeting Klaus was amazing, and I've kept in touch with him, and he's he's involved in so many different uh, things. People trust Klaus, um, and so they tell him things, and they give him crystal skulls, and they give him all sorts of artifacts, and so he's like this uh, repository of trust in our age. It's really fantastic. Well, like I said to him earlier, Jock, he does look like a trustworthy fellow, man. You just can't beat it. And, you know, he's selling himself short as how important he is. And uh, I liked how he tied up his story about how to answer the, one of the first questions about archaeology. Well, end of the questions anyway. Uh, I forgot who asked of him tying it up of what got him actually getting in, hands digging in, you know, to that he ne where he never thought he would like that uh, person that Sierra had told him. So I'm glad that he's doing that. I very much look forward to what he may be finding in such a mountain he's digging in now. We'll have to wait till I guess, hopefully next year or something. But, uh, but it's great to have you back on, Jock. I know that uh, since our last show, you got into a lot of meat on the bone, and I think we put a, you know, a, quite a, a concept down for people to consider about, terraforming and then and uh, sculpting the actual hemispheres or uh regions of uh, that it's artificial where today you know people are living on it everything's natural let alone a pyramid okay but everything under our feet you know that drove home a new concept and to which i think you personally are fair if you don't mind me saying you like saying you know people would ridicule you but yet 
Look at the LIDAR. Look at other evidences that just by you walking around the place, which most of them must not do, with a camera, a video camera, and looking at these evidences showing that there's no way that this region is natural. Yeah, and I was just, uh, we talked earlier today, and, and you mentioned Job in the Bible, and uh, I, I checked out Job because, you know, Genesis tells us, if we take a literal translation of Genesis, it tells us that the Elohim terraformed, or that the, the literal translation is transformed the earth. It wasn't uh, a singular God created the earth. It was the Elohim transformed the earth. So yeah. that's, that's Genesis. It doesn't mean that the earth wasn't created before that. It just means that the Elohim came to, that was the story of Genesis, was the Elohim, the gods, coming to transform the earth, to give it a climate, to do all these things. But there's, there's so much in the past that's a mystery, and we have to ask ourselves, since there are so many signs of terraforming around earth, and I can go into those specifically uh, in a very short time and just give you guys the lowdown on the terraforming signs, the, the evidence of terraforming around the earth, we have to wonder what exactly was going on in the distant past, when all this happened, who was responsible for it, who, who would take on this incredible job, and also what the methods were to terraform an entire planet. I mean, clearly they weren't using wheelbarrows and shovels, so we have to ask ourselves, were they using a 3D printing uh, method by which, uh, I mean, in only 50 years, humanity, this, this barely conscious ape, with, with almost no technology compared to the advanced races that came before us, has we've progressed in 3D printing exponentially and we're able to do things now. We're starting to print living uh, organs. And so it's like, what could the ancients do if they had millions of years to practice 3D printing? Could, could they print uh, an earth? Could they print the, at least the terraforming of the earth, the hills, the pyramids? Um, I was wondering, I wanted to ask Klaus if we thought some of those statues could have been 3D printed. Uh, could be, Chuck, but uh, you know, I never talk about something which I really cannot prove, for example. No? We're lucky can... he's talking about aliens. <laughs> right, Klaus? <laughs> yeah, look, that's, that's a hot story, I told you, because then everybody will announce in, in, in Germany and Austria, now he would like to be the second Eric von Däniken. No, I go a different way. I, I, as long as I don't have the final approval, I would not say this is this or that is that. Right. No, Here's not, like, not like, Gary, not like, uh, like ancient alien. They invited me, but I refused uh, to give interviews. Because I I think they don't take their program really too serious. Not right, everything must be alien. Everything must be alien. No, no. As long as we don't know if there was uh, there were many high civilizations on Earth already with knowledge, we still don't have. The even with the evidence, alone. even with the evidence of the extraterrestrial artifacts. You're right. You're looking at it. Okay, it's a point of data to consider on the puzzle board here. You're not yeah. being married to it or ushering in a new religion. Uh, so I get it. And, uh, Jock, uh, there have been many articles that I've been getting into it. 3D printing is, in fact, being conceived and utilized to build 
are residents on the moon and Mars. Did you know that? Well, um, not far fetched. On Mars, you're talking about in the future on Mars? Well, they're talking about, they're utilizing it now. They're building, there's guys that built a house with it, uh, amazing, archi uh, beautiful fantasy type looking uh, stairwells and other bigger things. I mean, but they want to do this also to make habitats and our formations on Mars. I mean, if we could do that on a crater and, you know, we could bring some of these fanciful uh, uh, sci-fi applications to life. So I think it's on the road to the question of what you're trying to ask regards to the ancient, which is obviously more advanced structures of those races that must have been on this planet, again, whether they were indigenous to this planet or came from somewhere else. All these issues still have to be figured out. Uh, so I, I agree and like how Klaus looks at it. Uh, you know, because, again, ancient aliens, they do have... An agenda they're really more trying to push as a fact more than, well, this is just one piece of the puzzle, but let's consider all the pieces. I'm not seeing that, but at least that's me. I'm not trying to knock the show or those on it. Some of them are associates, uh, uh, you know, and colleagues of mine as well. So not to knock their work, but you could easily see where people in control can easily steer what Klaus, I think, is being uh, protective of. Hopefully I answered that correctly, Klaus. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I was in Croatia, and I had this sort of, I had, I had begun, after leaving the pyramid complex in Bosnia, where I spent 23 months, I had begun to think about terraforming, because when I went to Serbia and then Croatia after being in Bosnia, I went on some archaeological expeditions, made some videos, and it, and it became clear that what I was finding was not clearly natural. In other words, it wasn't obviously natural. To me, it was built. Um, I can't prove that, but there is evidence that it was built. And some of the evidence was straight line seams that were vertical through what uh, the orthodox scientific community would call sedimentary layers. So, you know, there was a hill that had been cut out for quarrying in Serbia, for instance, right next to a mountain called Kosmaj, K-O-S-M-A-J, but directly to the east of that was this hill. Half of it had been taken away, so you could see the structure of the hill, and you saw this tortured material that was essentially sedimentary, but it was tortured as if it had been, um, as if natural forces had sort of moved it around, and and so it looked natural, except then you saw the straight line seams that went th through, upward through many different layers, what the orthodoxy would call eras, and that's impossible. So nature would never make a straight line seam through many different eras, the same line through many different eras of sedimentary material. Also, this tortured material created a perfectly round hill. In other words, the top of the hill, this really hard stuff, was perfectly round. Why would this tortured material end up being perfectly dome-shaped and round? And then you come to Texas and you find uh, the same domes happening too that are perfect domes uh, with stacks on On the show page, I think he, uh, I picked a picture under your bio, sir. Is that what you were talking about? They, there's so many of them. Yeah, so, yeah, and that's and that's Texas, and you can anyone can find the Enchanted Rock uh, video on my uh, Josh Doubleday uh, YouTube channel. 
But anyway, so I was in Croatia and I was thinking about terraforming. I was like, why does it seem like everywhere I go in the Balkans area, it looks looks like the entire landscape is terraformed? And I made many videos on that. So um, I was thinking about that and I was getting convinced. And then I found a seashell in a block that had been quarried from the stuff that I had thought was terraformed. And I thought, uh-oh, that, that kind of busts my theory. <clears throat> so I was kind of worried for a while. For a few months, I thought, you know, now what do I do? Because there's not going to be a seashell, an, in, in, a natural seashell in terraform material, right? Well, then I was looking at 3dprint.com's newsletter uh, about six months ago. And I get, I get their newsletter every day. So anybody who wants to get that and learn about what's happening in 3D printing, go to 3dprint.com. And there was an article about seashells. And it said that today, we use, we, we scientists, engineers, use seashells, the material of seashells, as a, something to make material harder, to bind it so that it's harder. I thought, wow, I wonder if the ancients just took the seashells that were around and used that in their terraforming. In other words, they weren't building the earth, but the, the people who were terraforming the earth after it was built used material that was here from the living organisms. And that's an, so, so in other words, the seashell seemed to bust the theory, but then it, it, it can be incorporated. It still doesn't mean that the terraforming is the fact. It just means that it's not evidence against terraforming, you know? So I was kind of excited about that. Well, where I see the Bosnian, you know, my, my uh, input here on the Bosnian Valley there, as well as the pyramids and the mounds, all of that has been modified. It all, even under the grass, if we took out all the grass, all the trees, everything that people didn't believe there was a pyramid, all of them hold okay. But under us, if we could buy that and just clear it all out, imagine, we're, we're going to see it. We'll look exactly like the style of what I'm seeing that's up there on the artistically entire planetary, you know, planetary uh, circumference of Mars, uh, let's say like Cydonia or elsewhere. It's all been, or I call it artscapes, art sculpted, designed, and it's not erosion because like you've shown there at the Fort Nietzsche River and other areas like you're talking about, you have in between these layers also clay, clays that looked like there was also laid down and everything was tempered heated right with the coating of ceramic i mean these are applications where seashells is being a part of a binder but so are these ceramics and then what the hell heated it to turn it to ceramic if we could applicate the concept that they were after they did all this they covered it all with that material let alone the feet of the construction of the valley itself. Think of, of a wider scale, or even just in that valley itself as the structures to cover these massive things. Where, where's, think how many cement trucks, because a lot of this, like you said, is also geopolymer or very hard concretes that very harder than the megapascals and what we're able to create today, correct? Right, and what, what I found was, uh, you know, watching... <laughs> Walking outside of the Bosnian Pyramid complex, what I found was that um, to the west and the south of the complex, uh, the riverbed, um, which had been clay, you know, baked adhered clay layers, um, joining the pyramids and the hills to each other throughout the complex, suddenly 
became concrete so that the ancients decided to stop using concrete when they got to the heart of the complex and they started to use clay, which is very interesting because I think that might be because the clay is softer. The, the, even though the baked adhered clay layers that made the that make the riverbed in the complex are very, very hard. They're not as hard as the concrete. So there, there'd be some earthquake mitigation to those super hard layers in the riverbed. And of course, there is the there, there are the soft earthquake mitigating layers. As soon as you get up the river bank, only a few feet from the bottom of the river, the, the, the soft layers start, and that's earthquake mitigating layers, you know, so it's alternating hard and soft layers. And that's, you find that throughout, throughout the complex. All the pyramids, all the hills, there in Bosnia, in Visoko, are built of alternating hard and soft layers. Baked clay stone is the hard layers, and then you got the soft, pure clay layers, soft, pure clay being earthquake mitigating. So, the, the, but the riverbed couldn't have the soft clay layers in it because the water would have washed it out. So they had to use hard, hard baked clay or concrete, and they use the hard baked clay layers in the complex. They think it's a little bit softer and more, more, uh, it, it mitigates earthquakes better than the concrete that's just outside the complex. But it's super interesting to look at the riverbed and see and wonder if that was where they started with their building. And from there, there up, they just built up from there. In other words, they said, we're going to put the riverbed here. And then over here, we're, put, <laughs> we're putting our pyramid over here. You know what I'm saying? So, so we have concrete and concrete hills just outside the pyramid complex and then we have in the pyramid complex we have clay and claystone hills so it's pretty interesting i have a very good thing Jock, the next few days we have to talk long because what you were talking just before this is what i have here and we are thousands of kilometers far from visoko I have material, a lot of clay. I have material which, which is concrete, but so hard. It's uh, incredible hard, harder than our cement we are using in our days. That's here. And uh, we are now about close to 220 feet down, and we have that hard material. And we found on the way down several shells a lot of shell and shell powder, crash wow. shell, to make it hard. Well, that was a bomb dropper on this show. Chuck, what do you think about that? He's kind of, well, he's thinking about what you said there, about the shells and everything. If, he, if he's seeing it hands-on, that's implicating. Yes, and I'm looking, that's fantastic, really. That's fantastic, Klaus. Thank you. And, uh, I'm looking at an article that I mentioned. I just went to search it on the on my uh, Gmail, and here it is. It's called. If anyone wants to read the article, it's called "Researchers Use Seashell and Plaster Powder in Binder Jet 3D Printing Experiments." That's on 3dprint.com. Wow! And so it's it's a fantastic article, and uh, yeah, Klaus, that's amazing. Uh, um, maybe we could put together an article, or I mean, I could put together an article. Uh, because I know that you're busy digging. I mean, I, I assume that digging is keeping you healthy and keeping your heart uh, healthy. And that's one good thing oh, yeah. about being an on-hands archaeologist. Oh, yeah. you get uh, to be healthy. Jock, go, going down on an iron ladder close to 220 feet is okay. But going oh. up takes a little more time, believe me, with 70 years. 
I would appreciate if I could be 30 years younger to do that job. But no problem. You are right. It keeps me young. And, and, and you, you are, Chuck you are, Chuck, you are a great writer. And it would be a good idea when we finish here one big work. I'm really thinking of uh, bringing you in here that you can, you know, I'm doing the work. I have no time and I'm a lousy writer because I have no no time to sit down and, and make uh, good stories or report. Of course, I make a daily report, but short. But out of all that information, wow, you could do a really, a really hot story. And a really great service for all of us, especially you, man. That's that is awesome, and also maybe a follow-up show with you two gentlemen with any follow-ups of your progress of that mission. What do you think, Jock? <laughs> I know you're busy, though. You've been saying. Well, I'm I'm uh, I'm open to uh, I'm open for things I want to do. You know, people say they're busy. What they're they're busy doing things they want. So I, I'm busy doing this because I really want to do this. Um, I, I was just writing a song for my fourth musical just before this. I didn't even log on to hear most of Klaus's talk, even though I wanted to, because I was in the middle of writing this song. So I want to do all these things, but I don't, I don't, I don't have time for things I don't want to do, but I do have time for this. And I have time to write an article with Klaus. Absolutely. And, and do a follow-up interview. Absolutely. If Klaus wants to do it. What about the go to, oh, the, yeah. what about the go to Klaus's site location? That gets you right in there to be yeah. able to start walking around there also. <laughs> And we already know the type of things you can find. Well, if, if Klaus wants to uh, to invite me down there, I'd love to go. Um, I, I wouldn't want to, uh, you know, bother him in his uh, beautiful uh, endeavors down there. I don't know exactly what's going on because I know that uh, you will when you get there. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to pry. Is what I'm saying. You know. Oh man, I'm I let you. I let you know, Chuck. Oh, that would be good. That's good progress. I'm glad you two are here together on this show. Otherwise, something may not have happened. Right. So, yeah. All good possibilities. So, uh, again, but thinking about that, though, the, the shells, isn't that contain like lime and calcium and maybe some other things? I know lime is important in at least growing <laughs> uh, and other things. And, and cement, right? So could that be it? I think, uh, I think, you know, Samir Osmanagic, who discovered the pyramids, also discovered uh, um, or at least popularized the stone spheres in Bosnia, right? And so he he actually did a, he, he does a talk, at, which I videotaped, and then I, I did a, um, an excerpt from that because he basically tells you that that what what the lab analysis of the spheres was okay. and i'm going to find that on my computer right now and i'm going to tell you because he does mention uh, a binder and he does mention something that makes it harder there's two ingredients that the ancients um added to the natural sandstone that was there and mm. So here it is, here it is. So um, they took the natural sandstone and in, in Bosnia in the Stone Spheres Park to make these massive spheres, they took this natural stone, and this is the laboratory analysis, 
and they the Samir did, and they took out the silicon dioxide and put in manganese, a hardener, and they put. That we have here in the material, Chuck. What we have manganese in the material. Ah, well they also and they put in another ingredient called calcium carbonate, and that's what the seashells are made of. Calcium. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and that's lime come from that too, or is that you know what I mean? Well, the manganese is a hardener, and the calcium carbonate is a binder. So Semir made this really clear that the stone spheres have these added materials, that, and we, that's how we know they're artificial and not natural. So we have manganese and calcium carbonate, and then we're finding out that the seashells, which are calcium carbonate, are being used, and that's a binder, right, for 3D printing. Fantastic. And now Klaus is saying that he has the same similar material where he is. Fascinating. World, so, Klaus, have you uh, have you guys found any artifacts on your while you guys are digging the who knows where? Uh, we know where. We know exactly where where we are going, uh, Gary. We know exactly, and we know. We are now already on a wall which is extremely hard. I think it is close to steel. And that wow. material is the final material. And we have to find the entrance because there's a huge room down there full with artifacts and other things. Boy, it'd be interesting if some of those artifacts resembled some of those from Mexico. <laughs> I don't know yet. We will see when we open the room. So obviously then, I think Jock would agree, as well as yourself, sir, that though these are nations slash worlds apart, no pun intended, they have a universal intelligence behind all their designing. Looks like. Looks like. Can you guys prospect on what or who those could have been? I know there's, uh, I don't know, I, uh, Jock, I think I know your opinion, but it's still a good question for everyone. Well, I think we have to, uh, for your audience, uh, there's, a, there's a really important data point that needs to be put out there in this conversation or any conversation about the ancients, whoever they were, uh -huh. which is whether they're human, humanoid, ET, inner earth, interdimensional extra-dimensional, whatever they were, whoever they were, whether they're our ancestors or somebody else, the people who are engineering things beyond our ability now in the past had time, millions and millions of years, much more than the Big Bang, the proposed Big Bang would allow us. So when people realize that the Big Bang has been shown to be unscientific and we've known that for 30 years more than 30 years then we when we realized that the universe did not come into existence a few, uh, 13 billion 13 point x billion years ago but was what has as according to science has always been here i mean it, it, it may be that we have some new science that comes up that shows that it's 100 billion years old or something like that but so far, we have no limit for the beginning of the universe. So as far as science is concerned, the universe has always been here. That means that advanced races, that races have had a chance to advance in, in, in an infinite amount of time before us, right? 
much right. longer than the, the 13 point X billion years that the orthodoxy in the universities proposes. So whether it's 100 billion years or an infinite billion years, an infinite number of years in the past, we've had time for races to advance beyond anything we could possibly imagine at this point, which means we, we have magic available to all of the races that came before us. We're so late on the scene. We're, we're infinitely late on the scene, let's say. And so um, we're, we're, we think we're the most advanced. Semir has to told this many times in his speeches. He says, we think we're the most advanced, but we're just, we're, <laughs> we're, like, children in a, we're like children in a sandbox compared to what the ancients can do, you know? Yeah, there's a scripture in the Bible somewhere. I'm not good with numbers. I read the thing like a movie. That's how I learn it. <laughs> you know, shoot me. But uh, gender, uh, civilization and after civilization passes away, but the earth abideth forever. That kind of sums up what you're saying. And that matches what you're saying. That wouldn't be untrue, would it? <laughs> Again, different races rising and falling. And Again, we're, we're taught first thing in school. I was born 1970, 1976, kindergarten. You came from cavemen. My question was, what brought them into the caves? What brought them out? And then, and then we have Klaus telling us about tunnels, so masterful, masterfully designed and built under the earth. Again, more than 10,000. That could be 100,000, 400,000, which he agreed that that could be. Now, unless and until those great tests of his, certain doctors will, that he mentioned will uh, hopefully look at, quite expensive. And so from rock, we could get a, maybe a, an age. I don't know. Would it give us an age on the rock or the age of the construction? That's the key if we need to hone it down, but do we really need to hone it down? Because to me, all this is evidence in and of itself of more obvious pressing questions rather than laying a couple test tubes on the surface waiting to figure out down through time how the hell to get it back to, you know, to test it, like on Mars, for example, especially regarding, let alone microbial life, when we have to deal with the archaeological features we have there. This work here that you guys are doing... I'm going to say connects and has to attribute and will pioneer and pave the way for those with the balls that are going to be going to Mars to put their American boots, of course, on the face of Mars. Shout out to Vice President um, Mike Pence. And to what we're to what expect there. It opens up everything, but these Smithsonian-type minds and others that want to keep this from us and disgruntled scientists... Even with the tenure they have, they, they still want to keep this secret. Because with the tenure, you know, they're pretty much guaranteed they could change their minds. They could uh, adapt to help us adapt. Uh, these issues are very important. And then it still becomes, okay, maybe it's us in the previous past that went up to Mars. We do see visages like at the face of Cydonia, some type of apish Cornelius saurian type looking hominid has half of it like the mayan art if you split split it there's split faces the other and mirror it 
The other side looks like a lion. Those are two semblances that we as humans, we can at least say why it looks like a face I'm attributed to. I found other faces of Mars to where I'd be like, boy, that thing must be real ugly, or what, what does it represent? Because we're not knowledgeable of the unknown, but we can't find something if we're not looking for it. And Klaus is down in a 200 and some foot hole in a mountain looking for something extraordinary, and man, it, he's just teasing us, ain't he? <laughs> oh, we know what we're looking for. We hope, uh, Klaus, that you will be on a future show with us to detail oh, yeah. this. Definitely hope, Jock, that you, what I say before, life is going to guide you back to this. You you are meant for that. I, I see you going down that hole, Jock. Well, uh, <laughs> I mean, as Klaus literally um, manually, physically goes down, um, you know, I'm I'm here in Texas thinking about how deep the terraforming goes, how deep the building of the planet goes. And I just want to put out one idea really quick, one sentence to your audience. I'm writing a book. I'm writing a book called "Who Built the Earth." There's lots of evidence that the Earth was built. That planet building is something the ancients did. And Hopefully, I'll get a signed copy. <laughs> I just want to put the idea out to people that the Earth itself could have been 3D printed or something like 3D printed by the ancients, so that they they are they're building homes in inside of which. People are meant to live not on the surface necessarily, but it, but in the hollow homes that they build throughout the galaxy. That's a, that's a that's a theory. It's a speculation. And this is true. I'm with Klaus on on the fact that you need evidence, and right. you never should say you have the truth, but you sh you can say that you have you have evidence. So so in the book, I'm presenting evidence. I'm I'm compiling evidence for for a planet built by an advanced uh, race or races in the distant past. So I want to put that idea out because Klaus is going deep into the earth and he must be wondering, I wonder if wherever I dig, there's going to be construction instead of natural layers. I don't know what you're finding, Klaus. If, if, if your theory is right, yes. And by Klaus, like the question you just asked him, that helps substantiate your theory all the more. Like mine, Mars is artistically sculpted on an entire planetary scale. That's a tongue twister. That's what I tried to say earlier. And that is not far-fetched when considering what, what you're even talking about here on Earth. It's connecting, in my opinion. But time will tell, won't it, sir? Sirs. <laughs> I know, I find it fascinating. But we're getting questions in Oren on OK.RU, I guess Russia, asked if Jock believes that in your research and digs, could the Earth have been seeded by beings from uh, Venus? Uh, I'll attribute that to uh, Klaus, too, though he already touched base. But it could be any planet, but he says Venus. Well, there's uh, the FBI has a declassified document that just came out recently that in which they talk about how they literally just say this. It's in this old typed, you know, manually typed document. And it mm -hmm. says, uh, you know, Nikola Tesla was brought here by the space people, um, capital S, capital P, uh, from Venus. And then they go on to talk about some other stuff, and it's like, really? That's all you're going to say about? That's all you're going to say about the space people? Who are the space people? Um, so it's a declassified FBI document. It doesn't mean that it's true. It just means that someone uh -huh. said this, and the FBI um, wrote it down in a document. It's pretty interesting. That's all I know about Venus. Um, most people, of 
of course, would say it's far too hot for anything, any life and all this stuff. But to me, it's like if, if, if you want to have a, a nice home, you could, you could easily put a shield of heat around it and inside it's nice and cool and it's totally fine. So I think the hollow planet theory is something that people should always keep in mind when talking about whether there's life on a, inside, uh, you know, in the solar system, some solar system or some galaxy, because it could be inside the planet and not necessarily visible on the surface. Exactly. Thus, like what they're really looking for on Mars with the Mars Insight, the subsurface illegals. <laughs> Sounds like they need some freedom, because Mike Pence said we're going to put American boots on that face of Mars. They're not bringing flags and flowers, everybody. They're bringing them 60s. He said American boots, in which he said that in touting creating of the Space Force. Where General, well, General Milley himself said, hey, we're going to be dealing with hybrid armies, with little green men. And that was 2016. And now, 2019, just last week, he was made the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Tell me I'm crazy. Right? Well, Think about it. Most people would say that uh, David Wilcox insiders are crazy because they keep collaborating in the sense of corroborating each other's testimonies, saying that there's three uh, advanced species already on Mars. So if we go to Mars right now, there's already three species there. There's us, the humans, wow. 200,000 uh, uh, Rockefeller secret space program slaves working for Rockefeller, which is also Rothschild, the banker who's funding all of this. And then there's the ants, you know, the giant ants. And then there's the the mantises, the the mantis race. So there's that's what Wilcox insiders are saying. So if we go to Mars, we should be prepared for a welcome from uh, also Draco come occasionally. So we could, we should be prepared for a welcome that's not necessarily friendly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thus, we need we need many more boots. We may have a space for us. We'll develop another one. We're going to put American boots on the face of Mars. Why? Because they need many more boots. So now it has to come. We're coming to a time where we have to be told. That means these very this important work you guys are doing, it is so very important and connecting even to what I see on it as Mars. I know I'm crazy at the moment. I'll accept that from you, gentlemen. I mean, you guys are who you are. Who am I, right? I'm just some nut. But I'll tell you this. Uh, what I see in the space data... If I'm telling you, when I look down at Bosnia, that Bosnian pyramid is representative of an intelligent mind, the same intelligent mind that designed the DNM pyramid in Cydonia. It also similarly has similar aspects, though not looking the same, of its geometry. Um, and that's on the faceofmars.com page. I wanted to, I showed you all also just to get a slight example of why I would say that. And what it would look like without all the dirt and everything covering it all up and everything. We would get to see what we would get to see like on Mars. I guarantee it. But Klaus is doing it. He's going down the holes, digging it uh, one inch, one foot at a time. Ain't you, Klaus? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I can't, wait to see, I can't wait to see you here. What you guys have found, what you're finding, even what you're looking for. Because you said that, you're, you already know. So I know that I, I won't press you. I appreciate you letting us know here as a tease for future shows, I hope. <laughs> I come back. 
That's excellent. So, Jock, uh, the regards again, because it falls back again on terraformation. It's not just about when most people think about terraforming, they just think about it as modifying the atmospheres of planets. But that's not true. It's also modifying the planetary surfaces itself. Right, and then you go, how deep does this building go? How deep does construction <laughs> in, in ancient times go? In the Bosnian Pyramid Complex... Um, As an example, right? It's like uh, wherever, there's, wherever they dig, they find um, built material, and you're like, well, and then there's the tunnels. And, and then I, I did an interview a few uh, weeks ago in which I showed really good evidence for the idea that the tunnels were left as empty spaces in built hills. In other words, they weren't dug out. These prehistoric tunnels, an estimated 34,000 years ago, KTK and Ravne, were, the evidence shows, as far as I can see, that they, they were left as empty spaces, which means that, they, that the hills were built and the pyramid of the sun, you know, they left, that, they left Ravne as an empty space at, inside the pyramid. In other words, they weren't going to spend time and energy digging out a thing that they're building. Why would they? They just leave it the empty space. And then you go to the Giza pyramid uh, structures and you see this, quote, bedrock that the universities are telling us is natural bedrock. And you go, wait a minute, is that concrete? Is the whole plateau concrete? And then there's a PDF that came out that was published just about a week ago showing that the, the bedrock's concrete. And so I've been saying this as a speculation. I know Klaus is very dedicated to saying only what he can prove, but I love to speculate. And I think Klaus probably engages in speculation too. And, and he tells, he says it's speculation, you know, distinguishing it from, oh, I have the truth, you know. But I'm, I've been speculating for a couple of years that the, that the plateau was probably built. And, and then you go, wait, I wonder if the stuff below the plateau was built. In other words, how, how deep? does it go it's a super interesting question and then we go back to tesla we always go back to tesla because he's the one that the, the university ignored when he said there's an ether which is the fabric of the universe and then you go if there's a fabric maybe the ancients know how to tap into that fabric grab it and create essentially create or transform the fabric and to create material for planet building or at least for terraforming. In other words, the, the, the ether, which the university says does not exist, is a way, is like a quarry. It's an energetic quarry for ancients who know how to tap into it. That's a speculation, but, but I always go back to Tesla because it seems like he had the keys to so many things. And I think we, always, we should always be studying what Tesla told us. I agree. And if there was some chance he's a Venusian, it's funny that he was communicating with the Martians. <laughs> and, then, and then Todd and Jenkins and the U.S. government followed up with that. We all know the reminiscing details of that. They took away those details, but a face showed up in the graph, didn't it? Very interesting. Uh, now, we have uh, Bruce on Facebook who asked, what is Klaus and... Uh, jock think of global warming and do they think if it's natural or artificial and i think in a way that's a good question very good question i'm not going to get into that <laughs> <laughs> i know you but you do have your positions on you know how you feel about that for sure i feel that there was uh, a big hype now through this uh, 
Greta from Sweden. And that way, that way I think is how to, to raise tax for many governments. That, that, that's a manipulation in my opinion. That's not the real save the earth because save the earth go down here to go, go on many coasts all over the world. How many plastic you find all these things that would right. be much more urgent than, than talking about global warming and how many real serious scientists are saying that that is not mainly made by human. Right. Exactly. That's that's and how many children and youth people are just following on Friday, not going to school, making a demonstration, but they even don't know anything about details. And first of all, when they left the demonstration, what you will find a lot of plastic bags and cups and everything. They throw it away just on the floor. They should better learn how to save each one his territory. That would be much more important, I think. Yeah, they're, they're bitching about global warming, but yet they don't give a hoot. They pollute. Yeah. You know, I just want to add to what Klaus said there, which was really exactly right on. I really love what he said. Um, I, I want to add that if people want to research um, really easily, research what's happening with the weather. In the last 17 years, we've had global cooling, and that has is documented. Um, and Adapt 2030 YouTube channel shows daily weather updates, and it's been he's been doing it for years and years and years. So he shows you from all around the world how the globe has been cooling, the storms that are unprecedented, that have unprecedented snowfalls all around the world. Snows, the earthquakes and volcanoes. And, and the reason we have cooling, it's very simple, it's because we're entering the grand solar minimum. So if anyone wants to research the grand solar minimum, we're entering it now, the globe has been cooling, and when, when, the, when the sun decides to, to exit the grand solar minimum, the, the, the earth's going to get warmer again. That's, that's the way it's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Now maybe there, uh, as you guys are digging, Klaus, that deep, yeah. maybe there are people who are looking at the strata that comes up to maybe determine whether, if any, had any uh, effect or affluence to what you guys are digging up from the past. To that could maybe help answer some of those type of questions. That could be that could be a possibility. Of course, you never know what you get finally. Mm. But it will be interesting, hundred percent. All right, uh, Yasmin on me, we asked if uh, Jock knows about any aliens or dragons and his research in the mountains. Well, we have Klaus digging in a mountain. I think he's valuable to answer that question, too. <laughs> um, well, so dragons in the mountains was the question? Yes, uh, about any aliens or dragons in your researches in the mountains, I guess, in the structures. <laughs> are you Since saying, you, you mean, does she mean, does she mean dragons living inside the mountains or what, what does she mean? Oh, I don't know. But maybe you could answer on that face of understanding and as well as any other face you could think of how to answer that. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, Wilcox insiders uh, consistently tell us that there are Draco, um, which 
and you know, I'm not going to go into what they are because you can just research that. Anybody wants to know Draco, D-R-A-C-O, living in caverns inside the earth. It's not the same as in the hot in in the inner earth. They're not in the inner earth in the core. They're they're in the uh, caverns only a thousand five hundred meters or, or less below the surface. They live in really hot environments in these caverns. And um, I'm not going to go into what they do and how what their relationship is with humanity because it's kind of dark, and I don't want to go into that right now. But um, the the Draco, I mean, they're 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 super strong reptilian beings that are not on our side, let's say. Um, and I think researching the Draco becomes a way to research dragons. Um, what dragons were is a mystery. Um, lots of different theories about what dragons were. Uh, <laughs> and I was, I was just posting about dragons today. Um, people who want to learn more about what dragons are could go to a channel called Nine Nania, the number nine, and then like the word Narnia, but without the R, Narnia, nine, Narnia, one word, and that's on YouTube. And she goes into a lot of stuff based on scripts, you know, scriptural, uh, new translations of the scriptures, the Bible and other scriptures that talk about uh, ETs, uh, terraforming Elohim, dragons. And so it's a pretty interesting channel for people. She's super detailed. She's got... Uh, many thousands of followers, uh, nine Nanya. So I would go there if, if you want to research dragons. Um, Dr. Semi Rosmanagic named one of the pyramids in the complex the the Pyramid of the Dragon, Bosnian Pyramid of the Dragon, because he said he wanted to honor dragon wisdom. It's a the dragons are always known, and and etymologically speaking, they're known as uh, the etymology of dragon is um, seeing clearly. Dracon, D-R-A-K-O-N, Dracon, seeing clearly, wisdom. So the reptilian race, not the Draco, but the reptilian race that, that is about, that we now relate to dragons, um, the ancestors of the dragons, one, one could say, I guess, uh, mythologically, we call it, a, it's just a story, these were beings who, knew more than we did that's 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 all i know about the dragons they knew more than we did and they probably still are around in some uh dimension or another maybe they're in the inner earth maybe they're on planets nearby maybe they live in mountains here there they seem to be associated with mountains and in, in uh fairy tales and mythology uh, so i would just say that there's lots of ways to research that i i haven't really done specific research on i mean i've been trying to find out but i just don't there's too many roads that don't really lead anywhere that tell us really for sure what dragons were you know right well we know we have, we have dinosaurs <laughs> the dinosaurs could be attributed i'm sorry uh klaus go ahead sir gary my people are picking me up now i have to go back to the mountains so it was a great great uh, pleasure talking to you especially that you brought back my friend Chuck. And Chuck, we have to contact in the next few days. We have to talk a lot. And uh, anytime you, you, you want us back, Gary, we are coming back. And uh, greetings uh, to all your listeners. I have to leave now. Sorry. 
Well, thank uh, it's okay, sir. Thank you very much for your time. And uh, we know it's very valuable. You're a very valuable person and asset to the Martian revelation. God be with you. Thank you. With you too. Uh, Bye. Bye, Chuck. All right, so that was interesting, everyone. Uh, wow, there was another question I wanted to go with them, but uh, I'll ask you, though. Uh, Timothy on LinkedIn asked, what is the oldest bones that you may have dated, Jock, or no? And has you ever seen anything that defied the ideas of gravity? And I would also apply that to maybe to any of these terraformation uh, features on this planet to that question as well. Uh, the first thing that pops up is uh, Rutania. There's a mountain in Serbia called Rutania, R-T-A-N-J, and it's three-sided, and it looks like a pyramid. It's a really, really beautiful, from above, it's a beautiful three-sided three pyramid, and you wonder, was that built? Um, a friend and I went to check it out. Um, it's much, much, much taller in the tallest documented pyramid in the world, the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun. It's um, wow. it's about it's more than three times taller than the Pyramid of the Sun. I think it's 1,500 meters or something like that. It's really, really massive. So we didn't get to the top of it that day. Goran Marjanovic, a Serbian electrical engineer, does a lot of research up there with equipment, and he's dragging equipment and friends up there and uh, all the time. I'm like, how did you even get up there? It's just, it's just endless climbing, so uh, it's amazing. But anyway... Um, but if, you, if people want to research Goran Marjanovic's work, he's associated with the Bosnian Pyramid's research on scalar uh, communication through the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun and the Cosmic Internet. Just, just search the Cosmic Internet Goran and you can find him. Um, so I was with my friend climbing up Rutania, and it's it's a magic, they call it a magic mountain in Serbia. And mm -hmm. so uh, there are many reasons they call it a magic mountain, but uh when we were there and we only got up a third of the way on the way back my friend said wow something just happened i said what happened she said well everything just went in fast motion for five seconds she wow. goes, it's like she had lost time and and the world had to catch back up so there wow. was a there was a time distortion and so a lot and then I went to research the, the mostly Serbian videos with some English videos about Rutania. And it turns out that there is a lot of research on time distortion on Rutania. In other words, a lot of people have found this and they're researching it. They're trying to figure out what it is. So um, that's an interesting thing. Um, and then you have to wonder, was it built? And if it was built, what's what's happening in there? There's also a hole in it that goes all the way down. So it goes, oh, below, it goes below the base, but it's blocked by a big boulder a few meters down from the from the top. And so I was hoping to, to just hang a rope and a light and a camera down and just lower the rope. Yeah. Just lower, lo lower Klaus down on it. He's small <laughs> enough, and he's willing. He's already doing that type of things, going down yeah. holes in mountains. <laughs> I'll, propose that, I'll propose that to Klaus. He'll definitely say no to that, but uh, <laughs> just, just lower a camera down with right. a really, really bright light and see see what's down there. Does it lead to tunnels? Because I assume it leads to tunnels. But the, but but then you got to wonder if it's a natural mountain. Why is there a hole all the way from the top 
through beyond the base. Are you sure it goes all the way through? Uh, yeah. How has the test been made? That's just known. I don't know how they made the test, but everybody knows this. And uh, to me, maybe it's like... Someone, maybe someone sent a rope with a weight down or something, and however many filled a rope it took to do it. Because how would they know unless... Before, well, before, before it was blocked. I, I don't know... When it was blocked, I think it was recently that there's some boulder got in there and blocked it. I don't know who did that or when that, when that happened. But um, Goran Marjanovic is the one to talk to about that because he's done a lot of research there. Okay, well, thanks for the heads up. Uh, I'll contact that person, I hope, you know, unless you can help out there. But, well, he's uh, he's on great. Facebook. I'll just send you the link uh, right now. All right, awesome. Thank you, sir. All right, that's an, that would be an awesome show. Very interesting, all these structures on this planet. But yeah, what's in there? Tunnels. It would be cool if it all goes down to a spider worth of tunnels, spider legs of tunnels at the bottom, wouldn't it? Uh, that would be interesting. Or, or all through it, you know? Yeah, and then see where that goes. Sounds like you need a bunch of autonomous uh, little, uh, you know, RC cars or little robots that go flying or driving around in there. That would be also a, a good concept to do. Uh, if the transmission would still work from the outside the surface that deep, I don't know. But, uh, or, or do it uh, remote control or AI control. I don't know how you would uh, apply that, but it needs to be done. I agree. So, all right, Jock. So I'll let's see what other questions we got here. Uh, cool. We're definitely killing them. Cool, Odin. <laughs> uh, that was a question from you. You got to ask them already. So, so tell us, uh, when do you plan on going back uh, to Bosnia? Have you been in touch with uh, Dr. Sam? And uh, what are the next interesting prospects? Because, again, I tell you, this work's calling you, my friend. This is who so, you are. Um, I go, um, <clears throat> I don't know if you can uh, see this shirt, but... Uh, uh, Bosnian pyramids, digging the true history. Oh, I love it. It's a, it's look, a, it's a, look at the way it spirals down. A pyramid at the top, and it and it goes down. <laughs> you got to go as, as deep. As above, so below, the upside-down pyramid at the bottom. That is really awesome, Jock. It's the only it's the only shirt with words on it that I've bought in memory. I I don't think I've ever as an adult I don't think I've ever bought a shirt with words on it because like why do I want to advertise Pepsi? No, I don't. So <laughs> you know, but this I do want to advertise. So I go around and I go to, into town with this shirt on, and I always just start talking to people about the Bosnian pyramids. Even they don't. They have no interest at all. I'm just like the Bosnian pyramids. You got to check it out. So yeah, I'm in touch with Samir. Um, but, you know, he's open to information from anyone. So anybody can get in touch with them and just go, hey, uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a scientist. I want to study some aspect of the Bosnian Pyramid Complex. I want to bring, bring a group out, whatever. Just just, just uh, reach out to him through pyramidasunsa.ba, P-I-R-A-M-I-D-A, -A, Sunsa, Pyramid of the Sun, Sunsa, S-U-N-C-A dot B-A. And that's the archaeological part. Park, uh, official site so you can find um, him there and you know um, I don't plan to go back to Bosnia in the near future because I spent 23 months there and I did so much research it's like I've been over every inch of everything there now they are finding new tunnels though they just found 
recently, in the last year and a half, uh, they found a new tunnel system right near where Rovne Tunnel entrance is. Oh. So uh, Rovne Tunnel entrance is uh, several hundred meters above the river bed <clears throat> that goes through the complex, the river. And so it's, uh, it's unusual because KTK Tunnel System, which is a different system there, is right 15 meters above the, the riverbed. So it's like they, they put that entrance there to, to protect it from flooding. In other words, it's, it's high enough that, it, that flooding wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't uh, of the river wouldn't affect get in the tunnel. But then, <laughs> but then you've got Rovne, which is way, way higher. And then you're like, why are they putting this tunnel so high? But then you've got right across from Rovne, right across the valley there, way high up. Um, about 2.5 kilometers from the Pyramid of the Sun, you've got uh, another tunnel system that they called uh, Rovne 3, because <clears throat> there was another one called Rovne 2, which is a smaller system. So this is Rovne 3, and there's many, many branching tunnels and lots of artifacts are being found, and they've dated uh, a stalagmite that's in there, and it's, really? it's 34,000 years old, just like uh, Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun has been dated, because they found fossilized leaves between two concrete blocks there. And that's all dated, 34,000 years estimated. Then you've got um, organic material in the tunnels, which were filled in. And, and we're like, when were they filled in? Because we're digging out this fill-in material, this loose sand and river stones. And we're like, who, who plugged the damn tunnels, you know, when? Right. And, we, and we, why? We found some organic material. And we found out that it was about 4,000 to 4,600 years ago that some unknown advanced culture came in and plugged Ravne Tunnel to the brim with loose sand and river stones called the fill-in material, but they left the water channels open. The water channels are on the sides of the main. So if you dig out the, the dry stack walls that they stuck in there to plug everything, and then right. you dig some more material, and you dig another dry stack wall out, and then you dig some more fill-in material out, suddenly the, the side tunnel might open up into a, a water channel that's completely open, and it winds around for 90 or 150 meters, and then it stops, and there's this beautiful pristine water that starts at one centimeter and goes till maybe your hip, and it, it's drinkable, it's pristine, because it's, it's always being rejuvenated from below, and there's lots of negative ions to kill bacteria and viruses and stuff, so there's tons of tons of healthy air in there to make sure that there's no weird stuff growing in the water. So it's pristine, it's drinkable, it's beautiful. I've got lots of videos on water channel explorations. So that's another mystery. Whoever plugged the tunnels left the water channels open. Why in God's name did they leave the water channels open if they're going to plug to the brim every single other inch of hundreds of meters of, of a labyrinthine tunnel system? It's a mystery. Unless they're trying to protect those water systems. Yeah, and uh, they're Obviously, trying to protect something else too with all that plugging. What are, what are, what are they plug? What, what are they hiding? You know exactly. Which was reminiscent of your shirt there. I would like, if you can, to send me a picture of that shirt so I can put it on the archive page uh, so people can see uh, this cool shirt. And uh, I think you just found the way to get some trip money to go out there to Klaus by selling these shirts. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but hey, that would be a great, you know, a great thing. And you're not ripping no one off. It's not a scam. And it helps spread the truth. And that's what it's doing. And I appreciate that. So do the listeners. So um, now, again, now, the, these various beings that may or may not be under our surface, that's always been, like you said, legend. And it's funny that Draco, the, they're Saurian, just like the face of Cydonia. 
Oh, it's a human face. No, it's not. It's a Cornelius King Kong looking pharaonic saurian, you know, mixed with a feline as the main aspects of it. People say they see other things. That's fine. But it's main hieroglyphic uh, iconographic uh, visages, like uh, attributing it to the split art of the Maya or Aztec. You know, they're like a lot of them like faces. You have to split them and mirror them to expand its message as it was, the way you can see the whole profiles. And that is definitely sorry, and it's not human. So would it be they, since we're seeing that connection on Mars, be uh, attributable, like you said, sculpting, fashioning the surfaces of hollow worlds? Because the, even Mars Insight, you, I guess you didn't catch the news at the beginning, they, they—that's automatic. Even we, we people here, packing them and smoking them. What we heard, we get to determine. Okay, by its findings from Mars Insight, it is not Earth-like. Precision at midnight, at midnight at night, there's pulses at precision times now, you know, or slight reverberations, and to where. These reverberations that it does have could last minutes rather like here on Earth because it's more dense, if you want to say that, compared to Mars. And it's being like the moon, they said, because the moon, remember, could ring like a bell. Mars was having the same type of aspect. Therefore, hollowed out reverberations, subsurface illegals. It don't make me look so crazy anymore. And could it be those Dracos? And would they have the intelligence... Uh, over time to master something like that of which you and I are trying to hypothesize and describe here that is really beyond belief to most people. It's good science. Reminds me of what someone said. But not yet, Gary. Well, um, if, uh, there's two things. One is that people want to just go to my article called Shielding. Did the ancients layer the surface of the Earth with alternating hard and soft material to protect it from asteroid impacts? That will give you lots of information about the moon and the Earth and, and the, uh, the proposed shielding for both planets, because the moon is a planet. I mean, it's, it's big enough, way bigger than most moons. And, and so uh, both planets have, sh have what I call shielding. Clearly, clearly the moon has shielding because it's got that metal layer. Um, and, 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 you know, the Orthodoxy University, of course, is so far be behind the, the eight ball. They don't know what they're talking about. They, they, of course, they think everything's natural, even though Isaac Asimov, the smartest guy on the planet when he was alive, he said, what is the moon doing there that shouldn't be there? It's too big. It's, the, its orbit is way too circular. He didn't, he didn't even have, like, a possibility, even though he's a science fiction writer, that it might be artificial. <laughs> Now we we have so much evidence that it's artificial, especially with that metal uh, layer that that keeps the, the 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 comets and asteroids that do hit the moon from going deep. It's a, all all the craters are shallow because they hit that metal, and yeah, it did ring like a bell when the uh, when our when our uh, equipment uh, fell and hit it, and that that happened twice. So um, then the Earth has got its own type of shielding. Um, in my opinion, so that's why I called the article Shielding. Um, that's on my An American in Bosnia WordPress site. P people can find that. And there's lots of other things. One's called Commonology. Uh, common, K-A-M-E-N. That's the word for stone in Bosnia. And there's so many artificial stones in Visoko. All the stones are artificial there. <clears throat> all, right. the, 
All the pyramids and hills are built in, in the complex, fully built. It's not like, oh, we shaped a, a hill. No, they're all built from the ground up. Uh, Osceola Hill is right across from the Bosnian Pyramid Complex, and I've got lots of videos on Osceola Hill, like six exploratory videos on that. And it's really steep. The, the rain has taken down the... Uh, the eroded the side of it really, really steeply. And so you see there's just cut like cake. And you can see the, the interior of it. It's all layered, alternating a meter tall uh, layer of soft earthquake mitigating clay, then the hard baked claystone layers inclined into the structure, just like they're inclined into the structure all around the complex. For, you know, engineers said we need to incline them in because that's, we're weighting the stones inward for structural strength. It's brilliant. Yeah, we should do that. Um, and then you find the same thing in South Africa, by the way, where the hills are built. And I've got I've got videos on that on my channel, Jock Doubleday YouTube channel. So um, it's just endless terraforming. And to me, it's shielding plus um, the hills being built as a way to keep the asteroids, the large asteroids from impacting the inner Earth civilization. So I'm just going to give you one quick sentence on that. And that is, if a large asteroid comes in, the, the people who built <clears throat> the Earth, right? my speculation, let's say for now, let's hypothesize for now, and they're living inside the Earth, they don't want a large asteroid to, to impact their beautiful society inside the Earth. And it could if it was big enough. Let's say a five-mile-wide rock was sent here or just came here naturally. They, I think that the reason they built hills all across the planet is because the hills would, when the asteroid comes in and it hits, let's say, two hills at once, right? right. The energy of the asteroid, instead of going into the inner Earth kinetically, it suddenly the hills are exploding the energy left and right. It's going horizontal. So the hills explode into the valley, right? And you've got hills all over the world. You're, you're, you're lessening the, the uh, chance that a big asteroid can send all of its kinetic energy directly into the inner Earth. So that's another thing that I think people could maybe just mull over in their minds. I don't know for sure. It just seems that there's evidence that, 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 that there's, there's terraforming. And then you go, why are they building hills instead of just making it flat, you know? Right. It definitely makes sense. And again, it acts as a projector like the clays would between the various blocks and levels of what makes up the Bosnian Pyramid, let alone the Fornice River and others of the electricity purposes and or temperature and or to keep things dry and wet, uh, as well as, like you said, earthquake mitigation system, asteroid mitigation system on a farther scale, on a much larger scale overall. So many potentialities in utilizing those concepts and structuring surfaces. It makes sense because we, we will have to adapt and figure out things like that as well to survive long term, let's say on Mars or anywhere else. And we do see mega impacts on Mars as well. But then a lot of these impacts, we can see a pyramid sitting right next to the damn thing. It's like, what came first, the chicken or the egg? You know, or, and is that pyramid there if it was pre-impact? What, what protected the pyramid that sits next to the impact? You know what I mean? And, and it could be very well what you're describing here. And I think this is ground-cutting work for the real serious researchers on 
into the surfaces of other planets through visual analysis. It's just as important as uh, other fields of research. Uh, but because what is seen on Mars, for instance, that's always like to be tucked under the rug. Oh, it's not considered that scientific, really? Well, you know, how come visual, uh, you know, sciences here on Earth is very important. It helps us find over 60,000 uh, 60, structures that have never been seen before in the Mayan jungles, etc., etc., and the artscapes that those sit on. That's what's fascinating, too, Jock. You can see in those LIDAR imagery that the scapes all these pyramids won also were modified. That's incredible. And this is, so therefore, it's not far-fetched before these cataclysms that would destroy these civilizations, we would see much more of it and much more pristine. Thank God for the LIDAR. We needed it, Mars. I believe it's probably there ready, being kept from us, but we need to publicly put that on a mission. And high resolution, very high resolution. You know, it should have been on board the high rise, but hey, it probably is, you know, for all we know. But uh, it's not a far-fetched concept, even though it's worlds apart. And judging by those artifacts that uh, Klaus was showing us about, those Mexican-Aztec uh, artifacts with the aliens, you know it's ones I'm talking about, right? Uh, how that concerns us and how that may applicate a connection. You know, are we the Martians? Or are the, were those beings the Martians? Or were they the beings that came to Mars and destroyed it? Or... Again, I don't know, because, Jock, many of those artifacts, they're depicting the beings in spacesuits, whatnot, holding up what people would think might be their dead. But they look small. Therefore, I'm thinking it must be their children, and maybe they were not dead. Maybe they're representing, because they have pyramids with, like, these rays coming down under it as they're lifting it up, the little dead whatever. Or are they in cryogenic sleep in these little containers? They might not be caskets for death, but caskets of life. Well, uh, one thing is pretty clear, and that's that if we accept that there is that five-sided pyramid, in other words, if, if that structure is an artificial structure, which, is a, which looks to be a five-sided pyramid, one side is damaged, right? And then you go, well, um, Wilcox insiders keep saying that, you know, the same thing, which is that that was... That was purposely damaged. People were living inside the pyramid. I can't remember if you said it was billions of people were inside the pyramid or a billion, but it was it, the number was at least a billion people could fit inside this massively tall five-side pyramid, and presumably they had five sides because they needed structurally to have an extra side to, to make sure it stayed up. Um, right. That's just speculation, but somebody sent, the Wilcox insiders tell us that someone sent an... Uh, uh, I think it was just uh, an asteroid. Not, it wasn't a bomb per se, but an asteroid and just smashed into that pyramid purposely um, to destroy that civilization. Now, as far as who who um, they were, were they humanoid? Were they human? Were they the same size as us? Um, there's evidence that uh, the people on Mars were giants. And Wilcox Insiders talk about this, too, and I keep coming back to his insiders because the more people come forward, the more their stories are the same with slightly different language, 
talking about the same things. So that's how you know that that's how you get a feeling that these are real testimonials, because if they had been uh, uh, sort of mind controlled, everybody would have said the same thing in the same language. But all these guys had different stories, different lives that led in bizarre different ways to them finding out similar things and they use their own way of talking about them, but they're all talking about the same thing. So that's why I keep going back to Wilcock. Um, so th these insiders to me are really key if people want to research the, the Martian history. But of course, we're just skimming the surface of all of our past because we've been told a lie for so long that that we basically we don't know anything. Well, all we all we know is lies, and we we got to get out of the lies, get out of the dark well of ignorance, as I call it. And then we got to go. Where do we start? There's so much to learn with an infinite amount of time before us, possibly, possibly that that long. Wow. So we're late on the scene. We're just coming to consciousness in a universe that might have been here for an infinite amount of time. Imagine how how silly we might look to people who understand the history of the universe, <laughs> who already know hundreds of millions of years of history of our solar system, of our galaxy. And we're just going, you know, well, uh, we're, we're just looking around going, what's going on? You know, that's pretty much where we are. So so I, I look at it as, well, we got a big playground to play in, playground of things, and we have to use our discernment to decide who is speaking the truth. And we'll never know for sure even if we go to the Anshar, who are our, you know, supposedly our humanity from the future, who can, who have come back to protect the optimal timeline, right? And they're living inside the Earth. That's Wilcox Insiders, Corey Good. So even if we talk to the Anshar, who are our descendants, he, they say, Corey Good says, who should be telling us the truth, we'll never know for sure. But we have to use our discernment. Right. We, we, that's what all that's all we can do that's all we can do is use our discernment and then we go well maybe also our brains are an installation we know that they're hackable by the reptilians we know that the archons can hack our energy so uh we're, we're our brains by cameral to separate to separate them so that they're more easily controllable or or is the two-sided brain something that's more powerful than just one we're finding these stones uh, all around the earth that are duoliths, as Julie Ryder at the Montana Megaliths call them. The duolith stones stand next to each other and there's a space between them. Just like we have a space between each side of our brains, there's that, uh, and then the, the thin flap of uh, tissue called the corpus callosum joining these, but there's a, a long space. And I think that might generate power, just like the stones might generate power because there's the gap between them. And electrical engineers should look into that. And I think that all around the earth, you have the duoliths. In the Yonaguni Monument nearby, there's a gate stone, it's called. I think it's called the gate stone or gate stone. Uh -huh. And yes. it's got a perfect gap between these two stones. And people are saying, oh, it's just a natural feature. No, it's not natural. You know, yeah, right. it's probably concrete, first of all. It's not probably not even natural stones. I'm not sure. But clearly somebody set those up why are they setting up these dualists with the gap between them all around the all around the world? You see this all around the world. It's amazing. Yeah, it is, and it's quite telling. And what if it is a form of technology too? Uh, obviously, it's been somewhat forgotten. So I'm glad you gave a shout out to electrical engineers to consider some of this. 
Um, very fascinating things. We are at the cusp, you know, of the Martian revelation where we're going now. The race is on. You know, the threat's coming from deep space, regardless however Trump meant that. We may have a space force. We'll develop another one. We're going to put American boots on the face of Mars. Fine. But then, you know, you're going to also have to put your archaeologists. And like you said, if all those things are true or any of those are true, the archaeologists are already there, which means someone knows a lot more than we do. And we the people need and have a right, especially we're going to be willing to have the balls to put our American boots up there. We have a right to know what we're going to be spilling blood for. Well, also, just a, a little tag on the end of this. Uh, if, if people know this book, Dune, by Frank Herbert, is one of my favorite books growing up. I love reading science fiction. It was so beautifully written and uh, so amazing. The sandworms that he talks about, they uh, insiders have said that there are sandworms on Mars, and they do... You know, but they're not as big as the ones that, uh, let's say, in the movie, or uh, probably not as big as described in the book. But there are there are sandworms. Uh, insiders are telling us this now. Again, we have to use our discernment, and we have to judge on our own. So each person can make up their mind. But this is another, just a little tag to go. Gee, I wonder, I wonder what else is on Mars, but also what else is in Mars? Because clearly, you don't have ant people, sandworms and uh, mantis people, or even humans living on the surface, they're all underneath the surface. So how deep does the, are the tunnels and the caverns on Mars? How deep are they going? Ah, exactly. And again, the reverberations lasting and uh, just the way it shows that it's hollow and it obviously shows it's not Earth-like. And, you know, and to me, that's what it's telling me. And it's obvious and it fits the theory of what I of what I theorize about what I see on Mars, but I'm crazy, Jock. You know, <laughs> well we'll see. But yet, once I was told it's good science, Gary, just not yet. Like WTF, you know, <laughs> you know. But here we are. We're at the cusp. We're, we're discussing these issues here, as well as seeing the application of Mars of that, as well as that 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 bridge gap, that segue that we're able to have through those artifacts. Well. I mean, this it's really hitting home. I think we're ready. I don't see you, Jock, wanting to go out and kill anyone over these possibilities. In fact, it, 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 it impassionizes you. And, uh, you know, it makes hey, you want made up a new word. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I do that time to time. Hoagland used to call it Garyisms. <laughs> but, you know, uh, speaking of which. But anyway... You know, it's all fascinating where we're going. Do you have any uh, new updates? We're coming down, and I definitely appreciate your time. There's much more we could get into. But uh, I think, you know, uh, it was a valuable uh, uh, time for you being here tonight and progress that would may not have been ushered in any other way by you two coming together this night. Is there any updates you would like to give us on what you're doing or what other things are coming on or what you think that may be relatable you would like us to check out to attribute to this bizarre night on the Martian Revelation? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, there's one, one uh, thing that I often uh, go to near the end of an interview, and that's to, to bring it back to Tesla again. Um, and I wrote a, a play about Nikola Tesla. It's called I Dream the Woman Electric. Okay. Now, the Electric Universe guys are basically saying everything's electric. 
And, you know, um, uh, Walt Whitman, the poet, said, wrote a poem called uh, I Sing the Body Electric. Such a beautiful poem. And that's what my title is sort of going off of, springing off of, uh, I, I Dream the Woman Electric. So Tesla is dreaming for two hours on stage. You see his dream unfold. And that's how I get around the, uh, the bringing a woman, you know, bringing romance into his life because in his real life, as far as we know, there wasn't any romance. And it's like, I want some juice for this place. So I said, I'm going to set it in a dream. But then I started researching more and more. And I found something that most people don't know, which is that he was um, assassinated. He was smothered by Otto Skorzeny and Reinhard Galen. And oh, that's, 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 a, that's a deathbed confession by Otto Skorzeny saying, yes, I and, and Reinhard Galen went and, and killed him. So they, they're in the play. They're characters in this why, play. Why they do that? To, get to steal his stuff and to shut yeah. him up? Yeah, yeah, to steal his stuff. So, um, so we have these, the, and they worked for the Bush uh, OSS. It was the Office of Strate Strategic Services. They always name their agencies these sort of fuzzy, weird neutral names that makes you think that they're just totally legitimate, like the Federal Reserve. It sounds really good. Well, it's just, it's just, it's like, uh, it's like a Draco coming at you with his teeth bared, you know, that's what the Federal Reserve is. And same with the offices of strategic services. They, yeah. they had assassins working for them, you know, and they went to kill Tesla and they killed him. So I've got those characters in my play. In other words, people are finding out of the truth about our past, which is that the truth has been suppressed, the truth has been buried, the truth has been murdered. And so we have to we have to bring the truth back in whatever way we can. And my play, I hope to premiere it in uh, the Serbo-Croatian, because that was his language, Tesla's own language. And uh, if, if, not then, if not in the Balkans, then, you know, it's, it's in six different languages. I want to get this information out because I think that it's important that people realize, even if it's in a fictional form, that there are forces at work that are dark forces who are trying to keep us in ignorance, desperately trying to keep us in ignorance. And your show and many other shows around the planet are a spearhead for the truth. Oh, indeed. I definitely am. And this show is listen to this show could appreciate that. I'm a man on a mission being phased back through time. And we're on a different timeline now. You are right. Will cock aside or not. And uh, my objective and my mission is going to be met. And that is to make our fate. But I, I'm not I cannot do it alone. That's why I have to shape the consciousness to secure the timeline. I know I'm crazy, Jock, but I appreciate you. Yeah, I love you, brother. Um, anything else you'd like to say or show a shout out? And hopefully, let's uh, set up a full uh, full show soon, maybe in two months. Let's uh, well, let's see if we can get Klaus, Klaus, and me in the same show. What do you think? That would be great. Therefore, detailing the progress you two gentlemen have, which I know there will be. And again, Jock, I commend your balls on this, man. I know how you feel about the work you do, you know, even from the last show that people could see that we did on November 11th of last year. That's on the show page uh, under your uh, bio information there. They could... Uh, they, will, they will see that where we discussed, you know, of where you were wanting to go, but... Isn't it also scriptural? We usually don't wind up where we are walking, where we want to be. 
But then again, you said it yourself. You let it out yourself, Jock. You 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 love this. You want to be in this. You want to do this because you have that drive. Your footsteps are not your own, like mine are not. You're shaping the future, and it's no coincidence we met. As crazy as I am, sir, as genius as you are, just you know, it's it's to me that's miraculous in itself. But it should be a sign unto others to encourage them that and and entice them because no one else like you said the, the truth has been kept from us it's been the, uh, the, nearly destroyed you can't destroy the, the truth it could be really covered up good truth well, is truth and that's what you're about that helped get us out so i know i anticipate you going down the hole or at least walking around several miles around <laughs> where uh you know uh uh our good friend there is oh. working klaus yes thank you it's late i'm brain farting <laughs> Well, you know, we talked earlier uh, before the show about Job. You mentioned Job, and in Job, there's a there's a line. It's uh, thirty eight, chapter thirty eight, fourteen, and it says, "The earth takes shape like clay under a seal; its hills stand out like the folds of a garment." And Dear goes, God, and it's like the earth takes shape like clay under a seal. It's like they, it's like they're they're saying it was it was three D printed. <laughs> that's what they're saying. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not claiming that that's the ultimate truth. I'm just saying that that's in the Bible, and what we're doing it's is describing what you're seeing too. Just, how it's angled. Just, how the layers are angled. That's we're just confirming. We're, we're just confirming an ancient text. It's not like this is new news, man. This is old news that that's been that's been distorted and and buried by dark forces. That's what I want to say. Yes. Big time. And you're bringing forth the light through the dark forces that the dark missioners are losing their control of. And you're evidence of that as well as myself. So, all right. I like that idea. Let's definitely keep in touch, sir. And uh, thank you very much for joining in with us this night. I think it was thank very you. valuable. And the seeds of fate have been seeded. Time the water. We're all crazy. We're all crazy if we disagree with the university. But guess what? The crazy people have something to say, so let's keep saying it. Exactly, especially when there's things to show, like these artifacts we went over this night. Thank you very much, Jock. And uh, hopefully you can make copies of that shirt. I mean, I think that would be good. I want one. <laughs> I know many others listening want one. Yeah, I sent you an, a JPEG of it. So, uh, and, okay. and Samir, Samir's foundation, uh, Archaeological Park, makes the shirts. So you can get, you can, you can, anybody can go buy a shirt from them. And that's what really you should do, people who are listening. Buy that shirt from the foundation. They need money to, 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 to make sure the volunteer program keeps going strong. And they need to keep hiring locals in this impoverished economy in Bosnia to dig out the fill and material in all these tunnels there. So you'll buy, send your money to Bosnia, Archaeological Park Foundation, buy that t-shirt and there's lots of other cool t-shirts they have. And uh, just, just, just pour your money into the, the Archaeological Park Foundation. Pyramidasunsa.ba. If you want to find out about the Bosnian pyramids with videos, go to my YouTube channel, Bosnian Pyramids. Their official site with a lot of Bosnian language uh, videos is Bosnian Pyramids TV. And then also go to my An American and Bosnia site for ancient history and all sorts of things, Bosnia, different, different things about ancient history on WordPress. So that 
that that's a resource that sends you all all over the place. Everything's hyperlinked, so you can go lots of different places and find out lots of cool information about about our path. And at that site, there should be a link for this shirt. I'll put that on the show page as well. And uh, I'm more than willing to help Dr. Sam. I definitely need, want to contact him, and uh, it'll be a real interesting show. I can imagine what he may think of the Martian finds I've found in comparison to the type of megalith he's been <laughs> encountering in his life. Whoop de doing him, you know. And you know, thank God he's not like a Zahi Was. <laughs> and thank. Thank you very much for your hard work, Jock, and your time. And let definitely let's keep back in touch. You're a loved uh, member of the Martian Revelation and a true friend of it. And we definitely want you back and uh, see your progress with you and uh, Mr. Dona. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Yes, sir. You have a good night, sir. Okay. All right. So think about that, everybody. Wow couple of milestones. We got a couple of teases out of Klaus about what he's actually doing there. They Obviously, now they know what they're looking for. They're not just digging into some, so we at least know that much. Uh, they have found some things, you know, the shells aspect. That was, who knows, if this conversation didn't happen this night with Jock joining us and everything, you know, we might not have had any progress on that front. And I think that's an important front. Because it gets into the technological te technology of of what was done and applicating it. If, if we could do figure out these things and one day duplicate it, that would be insane. <laughs> I don't know, man. But just think about how our Earth may be connected. And those those artifacts, again, like with the sun, with the triangle in it, and the scene that's going on from that. Again, I'm thinking of Damon T. Barry's uh, Knowledge of the Forever Time, I think it is. Though it definitely took some whoop-de-doos. But I think a lot of it was really interesting. And all of these things are connected. The spacefaring race having interaction on earth that could explain some things but that don't mean that those beings also weren't from earth like jock said a previous epoch different civilization like scripture says civilization after civilization rises and falls basically i'm changing the words a little but it's saying the same thing but the earth abideth forever think about all those ages and whatever's happened on the earth we're only seeing glimpses here and there of the various ages poking out jutting out that's really interesting concept, isn't it? What do they really know? General Milley was quite clear. We're going to be facing hybrid armies, little green men. And who is he today? The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Crazy, I tell you. I don't think so. The Martian revelation is a reality. And what I see and what I'm here for is a reality. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be doing this. I was just as surprised. I understand how Klaus feels. You know, he never expected himself in a lot of the things of what he's even doing now or where it led him. Me too. Like digging up something from the twilight zone, code down through time to tell us the, some true history, passing information. That we need to know down through time. That I need to know down through time. Especially for the mission I'm on. That's obviously 
not created or a part of my own walk of my own volition where I think I'm leading things. I'm leading jack shit. I'm leading fate where fate dictates that must be made. And that was a lesson hard to learn and I'm still learning it. Many and most haven't. But I gotta have faith. I gotta believe. Faith really matters, I was told. And therefore you get me, the byproduct of such fate. Crazy am I. But it's interesting to think about there's other aspects in my life that connects this craziness together. I've only hinted at on this show and spoken in depth with only a few select others. In time, that'll be more brought out and discussed. I'll feel more free. I don't care. I don't give a shit if I'm crazy. I'm crazy. But look at the geniuses I'm having on. It's funny how some crazy guy could get so many valuable people to the future, and we the people. As dark missionaries try to dig their claws into them, to pull them into their nether worlds and nether realms. A special clubs and special subscriptions to sell you bullshit and to steer you with a policy and an agenda. That is not beneficial to we the people. Yet I'm crazy. That's why I ask and beg for your donations. No, not beg. I'm not going to do that. Because I'm making this show also able to be happening amongst the two others that are connected to this. Daryl Meangreen, the co-producers. They're the leg and arms to the show as well. It is what it is, what it was supposed to be. I had to have faith and act on that and believe as I show phase back through time. I see a vision. I have a vision. I have a purpose and a destiny even beyond this that I must prove myself and validate is even true or could be. It's crazy. But look where it's led me and us all thus far. Many of you might not see that yet, but in time you will. And you'll remember this night, and you'll remember what I said. Well, until next week, we'll have Stuart Swerdlow. That's going to be interesting. That'll be pre-recorded, though. But that's all right. That's Stuart Swerdlow. <laughs> so that should be an interesting show. So if any of you have questions, you'd like me to pose them because we're obviously going to have to do a pre-record for, uh, for that guest. So I can pose them, email me at marsrevealer at gmail.com. Or if you have any information and or, oh, excuse me, and or leads to, to the guest, Klaus Donna or Jock Doubleday, that could help further all our collective efforts of where they feel led. Call it a greater consciousness bringing us to this truth will be revealed. We're set on paths to where we could unveil them. Maybe it's a big cosmic game. But one thing I'm concerned and certain with is that you can run. But you can't hide from me down through time. Yeah.